Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campion Show. Coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world movies, movie news, TV, and streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. And guys, it's Friday. Congratulations for making it through to the end of another week. May you have a wonderful weekend planned ahead of you, filled with relaxation, fun, and enjoyment of whatever sorts of things and trouble you like to get yourselves into. Sitting right over here, the guy who always gets himself in trouble, he is writer, director, producer, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, how are you doing today? Trouble is my middle name, John. Really? You, you, no. Robert Trouble Burnett. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm a trouble man. I thought it was Tiberius. I thought the T was for Tiberius. All right, sitting over beside him, it's Ray Ora joining you guys in the live chat today. Ray, how you doing? Hey, what's up? Happy Friday. And sitting beside him, making it in two days in a row Heck with her yeah. car, finally cooperating. It's Chris Carr. Hey, guys. And I'm going to get rid of that car very soon now. So. That's awesome. That's probably a very good move on your part. Yeah, I think so. It's cursed. Um, and I've got a weekend planned. Yeah. Ann and I are, uh, sometime, later this afternoon, Ann and I are going to get in the car. We're going to shoot off down to San Diego. Just hang out in San Diego for the weekend. It's my birthday weekend. Yeah. I was gonna say da da na 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 na. Yeah. Fifty. I'm turning fifty this weekend. How are you feeling about it? I, I it snuck up on me so quick. I'm not sure. The only solace I take is that Jared Leto is older than me. That's the only thing. Like Jared Leto's older than me, so that's it. I feel so. So Keanu Reeves. So is Keanu Reeves. That's yeah. Really true. So is Keanu Reeves. Like I said, game recognizes game. And Joe Biden. <laughs> and, and yes, Joe wow. Biden. Joe Biden is older than me. Might be older Very than America. True. So let me ask you, John, do you, you know, a lot of people sometimes when they reach milestone birthdays, they have, they, they look back on their lives. They have midlife crises. How are you feeling about turning 50? You cool the, with it? The only one I ever had was when I turned 20. Really? I, I, know, I know that sounds weird. No, no. When I turned 20, um, I, I don't know what it was, but it was like, I'm not a teenager anymore. Like that was a, I don't know why, but that was a really big deal to me. And I like, I was like down about it for like a month or two. Wow. But yeah, ever since then, it's just been time flies by. So anyway, here we are. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend planned in store for yourselves as well, whether it's a birthday weekend or not. And we've got a lot of things to talk about here today. And here's how today's show is going to go. We break it down into, of course, two parts in the first half of the show. We talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we take your live comments and questions. If you're watching live, and only if you're watching live, uh, go ahead and jump down into the comments section below, or not in the comments section below. Go ahead into the YouTube chat and fire in a super chat, and we'll read those off. Dear heavens, I have to turn off the super chat already. Uh, we're going to have a hard time getting through the ones we already have people fired in. But that's how you normally do it on an episode of the John Campia Show. Uh, and then... If you're watching the show any of the other 22 hours during the day and you're not watching live, you're like, well, I'd like to get a comment or question in for the guys. Good news. Rob and I, three times a week, do a mailbag show. So if you want to get a question sent in that Rob and I address on mailbag, simply go down to the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that there or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on our mailbag show if we deem your comment or question appropriate to be used. And, of course, you'll be supporting our channel at the same time and all of us involved with the John Campion Show. Thank you guys so very much for your support. Okay, guys. 
I also want to remind you a little bit of house cleaning here. If you can't be in front of a YouTube video to get your daily fix to the John Campia Show, don't forget there is an audio-only version that we simply call the John Campia Show Podcast. It's available on whatever your favorite podcasting app of choice is. Just search for the John Campia Show and subscribe to it today so it'll be there when you need it. Also, we have a second podcast that's just for movie club so our movie club show is not on our regular podcast feed like the john campus show it's got its own podcast feed uh standalone as it is just go again on your favorite podcasting app of choice search for movie club a john campus show podcast and go and subscribe to it there so you can listen to it whenever you want okay guys with that down let's get into an off the top here shall we and that off the top is this you know we're only one two three four days away bruh from watching the Batman. the Batman. I got a Batman press invitation. Last night couldn't go, but there were screenings last night. And then I got an invitation for Wednesday, but I don't need that press invitation for Wednesday because we're going to see it on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to see it again on Friday. So we got a lot of Batman in our future. But another big Batman is not Robert Pattinson that everybody's excited about and talking about. And it is one Michael Keaton. A couple of years ago, God, it feels weird saying a couple of years ago now, back at that uh, uh, DC Fandome event. Not the most recent one, but the the first one they did. You know, all the buzz about it was, of course, Michael Keaton. There had been rumors that Michael Keaton was going to be in Flash, and we found out he is. Everybody's excited. Then we found out it's not just a one-quick shot, you know, wham, bam, thank you, Keaton, as Batman. He's coming back as Batman again, and he's going to be in Batgirl. Well, Michael Keaton is always slick, 70-year-old, 70-year-old Michael Keaton, who, if you saw the protege, can still do action sequences with the best of them. This dude's in phenomenal shape still. And he's our Batman again. Of course, he's in Batgirl. And he jumped on his social media to post this little picture here. Uh, This picture, to me, is fantastic. It's just him. He's on set of uh, the Batman. Or of Batgirl, I should say. He's on set of Batgirl. I guess he's walking to set. And he just he probably just caught his own shadow on the ground in costume, snapped a shot of it, and decided to share it with the world. Clearly he's not scared of his own shadow. No, clearly not scared of I'm his own I'm scared shadow. of his shadow. That's a terrifying shadow. Terrifying shadow. You don't want to be a criminal in Gotham and see that no. shadow. Mm-hmm. So it got me thinking a little bit because we know that Ben Affleck, my all-time favorite Batman, we know Ben Affleck is making an appearance in The Flash. And he's already confirmed, like this was him just coming back to do a swan song so he could get a proper exit because he fell out of the DCU rather unceremoniously and abruptly. So we know that. But Michael Keaton never said, yeah, I I just, I was coming back to do just one last thing because then we found out he's doing Batgirl. But we never heard him say, yeah, just one last thing for Batgirl. I want to ask a question. And uh, granted, this may sound ridiculous. But I also want to ask, with Michael Keaton appearing in The Flash, predominantly in The Flash, if the concept art is anything to be believed, and then he's appearing in another project with Batgirl, and now, then we saw mural images of him, and now he's on social media posting about it. Let me ask what might sound like a ridiculous question. Is Michael Keaton going to be the Batman in the DCEU for the next few years? And again, I know that sounds silly to ask because Keaton's 70 years old at that point, at this point, but I just saw, again, I saw him in the protege last year. That dude could move. 
Number two, when the most action is going to be required of him, he's going to be in the Batman cape and cowl, so it's not terribly difficult to get a stuntman in there for the more demanding stuff you may need to do. Again, maybe a silly question, but I ask you guys, is Michael Keaton going to continue to be our Batman? Obviously not for the next 15 years, but is he going to continue to be our Batman in the MCU for the next three or four years? I know, Rob, what do you think? <laughs> I, I, I No, I, it's really interesting because we're getting the Batman. Matt Reeves, the, the Batman, is early on in Batman's career. Then we've kind of seen middle-aged Batman in Ben Affleck's Batman. You know, brutal, beaten down Batman. He's become more violent toward criminals and all that. Now you've got an, a Michael Keaton Batman who's older. I would love to see Batman Beyond and Michael Keaton playing Bruce Wayne in a Batman Beyond series. You know, yeah. into his. Yes. I would love to see that, which they could Not do. Not going to happen. Which they could what? do. I don't know. But nobody cares. But uh, cares. people love Batman Beyond. But what I find yeah, the six of them that have seen it, dude, Batman Beyond's a favorite show. Mm -hmm. But 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 so so you've got a Batman continuum in terms of an age range, which I think is really kind of interesting. Mm. And if if Michael Keaton's Batman sticks around in the in the Flash, and at the end of the Flash, the continuity remains. So Batgirl is in that same continuity. I think why not? Why not? To me, it's a great way to introduce a new bat family. You could bring in Nightwing. You know, you could bring in Azrael. You could do all kinds of things. And you've got this elder statesman Batman that everybody respects that can act as a mentor figure. And at the same time, you introduce an exciting cast of young people. But they would still be legitimate in terms of it wouldn't look like it was pandering to like, oh, we have to introduce a lot of young characters to appeal to the younger audience. It would actually work kind of in continuity. So I kind of hope they do. Because I think having a, a call it the Keaton continuity mm. would be pretty interesting. I that, mean, that I, phrase is going to catch on, by the way. The, the Keaton, Keaton continuity. continuity. I, like I like that. I like, I like the it. Keaton continuity. You go with the Keaton continuity, and then you've already got two movies in the Keaton continuity, which I think is really neat. And that's why they're going to do a Batman Beyond series. Yes, they are. You know, it's funny, just going to the Batman Beyond thing, for... 10 years now, I've had people, 12 years now, I've had people yell at me, they're going to do a Batman Beyond series any day now. It's coming. I'm like, no, it's not. No time soon. I mean, eventually everything gets made. Eventually. And I'll tell you what, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, I think did a lot to further the possibility of a Batman Beyond being made. Oh, Agreed. Because there's a lot of similarities between those two situations. Mm -hmm. But again, we still don't have anything on it. I I'm just saying, for 12 years, I've had people every single year telling me, Batman Beyond is any day now. Batman Beyond, they're going to do it. In the next year or two, they're going to do it. And I kept saying, no, it's not. Here we are 12 years later, so still has it. But it will at some point. It would it be will. a great series for HBO Max. And listen, they've never, I'll say this too, they've never been in a better position to do, if they do want to do a Batman Beyond, and I've always said eventually they'll get around to it someday, but maybe someday is coming soon because with Michael Keaton there, you do have a built-in mechanism to do Batman Beyond if they want. I still don't think we're going to see one for at Plus, least five years. Maybe that, that could be true, but you know what would be cool about that show is it's set in the future, the future. Yeah, mm -hmm. the quote-unquote future. And as long as they write, I think Michael Keaton... Having watched him speak, he's done some great work recently, like in Dope Sick. Mm -hmm. He was amazing in that. He's an amazing actor. And I think if you give him a part that is worth playing, and if you give him a complex, interesting version of an older Batman to play, I think you'd embrace that. But oh, it's got to be like anything else, beautifully written, 
and uh, tell a great story. Chris, we Keaton's here. He's mm -hmm. doing Flash Guy. Everybody excited. Yeah. He shocked everybody finding out he's going to do Batgirl. Mm -hmm. He's posting images of himself. He's doing talk shows talking about it. I mean, conventional wisdom says, yeah, he's doing Flash and he has to do Batgirl and then he's done. But could we be seeing Michael Keaton as the DCEU's version of Batman for a couple more years? What do you think? Well, we've got two options here, right? This could be a Suicide Squad situation. Well, remember how Fluga was on like every talk show and yes. then Javelin was immediately killed? You know, that could be a situation here of just like, and Michael Keaton pops up and thank you, sir, for your service. Yeah. I'm hoping it's not the case. I'm hoping we're getting this Batman. And I love the Keaton continuity. Oh my gosh. Trademark, that'd be cool. That'd be great. And that allows us, like you were saying, Rob, to really give him really, really interesting things to work with. We can look into the supposed sins of the Bat, right? We can do a Jason Todd story. We're not doing that with Battinson anytime soon. He's not old enough. But if we do that with someone like Keaton, who could have adopted children, raised them, failed them, had these relationships with grown well, don't adults. Don't forget, we already saw that one uh, that one Batgirl set photograph of there's a mural of Batman with a Robin. Mm -hmm. So his Batman had a Robin at some point. Exactly. So we can explore because all of them, he didn't have successful relationships with all of them. You know, at one time or another, there was a falling out with any of his protégés. And I think that's what's going to be really, really fun to explore here. Or his son. Yeah, or Damian, Damian Wayne. Give me Red Robin. Like we have so much to do here. Damian Wayne's tough to do because there's an there's a whole like. Can you just jump to a Damian Wayne without doing the whole background with the Al Ghouls and his mother? And I mean, I I don't know. That's but then again, they are jumping forward yeah. a lot here in time. But we, I mean, we also we had to keep in mind this this movie's not called Batman. This yeah. movie's called Batgirl. It's her movie, and I'm sure he's going to be a supporting character. But still. I don't know, guys, question for you. What do you think? Do you think it's ridiculous for me to ask that maybe he could continue to be our Batman in the DCU for the next couple of years? I don't think it's unreasonable. Whatever you guys think, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic on the show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on The John Campia Show. With that down, Chris, what is our first main topic today? This comes from Batfan. Hi, John and crew. A few days ago, the studio announced that they were officially dropping a new Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore trailer today, but it never arrived. Now their Twitter is saying the trailer is delayed, but gave no explanation. With all the movie delays over the last couple of years, is this movie getting delayed again? I hope not, since I'm really looking forward to it. What say you? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, look, I know there is some controversy surrounding the film. I'm actually quite excited for yeah. Fantastic Beasts and the Secrets of Dumbledore. I quite enjoyed the last one. Now, again, I thought Johnny Depp was great as Grindelwald. Mm -hmm. You know, the situation being what it is, he's not there. Uh, if you're going to get somebody to replace him, Mads Mikkelsen's a hell of a replacement. Absolutely. And I, I saw the first trailer. I thought the first trailer was really great. So I was excited about it. Now, you're not wrong. It was just a few days ago, all right? It was just a few days ago that on the official Twitter account, Jude Law got on and they dropped this video of him 
saying, well, this Thursday, February the 24th, which would have been yesterday, a new trailer for Fantastic Beasts, uh, let me get to it, The Secrets of Dumbledore will be released. This is just a few days ago, this, but this is on uh, earlier in the week. This is like on the 21st that they announced the world brand new Secrets of Dumbledore trailer coming on Thursday. Well, uh, I had Ray research this and it turns out today is Friday. Thursday came and went and there was no trailer. And all we got was another tweet from them that simply said, this, if I can bring it up here. There it is. The eagerly awaited Fantastic Beasts sequel Dumbledore trailer will not be re re uh, revealed today. This was put out yesterday. More to come very soon. Thank you for your patience. It is not unusual in Hollywood for a movie or trailers to move from when they were originally going to come out. What is unusual is that we just had Jude Law, four days ago, make this big public announcement, brand new Fantastic Beast trailer dropping in just a couple of days. What is unusual is that there's such a disconnect so quickly between when something was going to drop and when it wasn't. And as our person who writes in is asking, what's going on? Like, why this? And no explanation. So I want to speculate a little bit here. I want to jump in and take a look at why is there no Dumbledore in the trailer? So we're going to jump into the Campia classroom for a second. Okay, I want to offer four possibilities about why this trailer they announced just a couple of days ago suddenly didn't show up. First one I want to suggest is this. There's a war going on in the Ukraine. Now, that's we're not, we don't talk about that here on the show, but, you know, if you are marketing a big major motion picture and you're trying to have the world's attention then what has transpired this week on the global stage could obviously distract a lot from your messaging and what you're trying to do. And so I want to propose as the first option that we have to have here is the fact that, hey, you know what? There's a war going on in the Ukraine. They maybe decided it wasn't a good idea to drop a trailer. The second option I want to propose is this. A strategy, a strategy change. Now, maybe at the last minute they thought, you know what? Let's pull a Christopher Nolan. Let's not release this trailer online first. Let, we've got another big WB property coming up in just a couple of days, just days away now. Let's drop this trailer with the Batman. Not a bad strategy, actually. I mean, I, th I would say it's a bad strategy if you're bumping your trailer five weeks just to hold on for, but we're literally less than a week away now from this movie opening, you know, only four days away for it opening for a lot of people. So I want to suggest that the second option is that they have a little bit of a change of strategy and they want to release it with the Batman. Third option as to why they announced a trailer and they're not getting one, there's a problem with the trailer. It could be that, you know, they had a trailer because, look, this has happened. It shouldn't happen in Hollywood, but it does from time to time. Something slips in there that really shouldn't be in the trailer. And it just flew under somebody's radar. Somebody noticed it and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We can't put that in the trailer. Under proper procedure, that would have been caught a long time ago. But it is possible that they simply looked at their trailer and reevaluated where they were on it and what they wanted to have in it and decided, you know what? We need an extra week 
to get to recut the trailer because we need to take something out or the opposite. They decided, you know what? We didn't want to put this in because we were saving it for the movie, but we think it would get people really excited if we did. So let's recut the trailer and put it in. Whatever it is, a, a change of strategy. The fourth option, which is the most cataclysmic out of any of them, the reason why they announced the trailer and then just days later they're not, it's the movie's changing release dates. Now, you may say, well, why would they know about changing release dates just like 72 hours later? They didn't know it 72 hours previously. Because in a lot of these big companies and studios, the marketing department is not talking to the, you know, the overall strategy people. So there can be a disconnect there. So it could be that the marketing executives decide, yes, let's drop this little video clip of Jude Law announcing a new trailer coming. And then they got a phone call saying, actually, we've been looking at changing the release date of it. Again, I'm not saying that's likely, but, it, but it's a possibility. Because this is an unusual situation where you have a celebrity announcing a trailer dropping and 72 hours later, it's just gone with no explanation. I want to suggest here in order of probability, I think option number one, the war in the Ukraine, is probably the most probable reason for this. Although, if you wanted to argue against that, you could say, well, why not just say that in the follow-up tweet? Why not just say, hey, in light of events on the global stage right now, we're going to hold off on the release of the trailer, right? instead of just saying with no explanation. But still, I still think that's the most likely. I think the second most likely scenario is there's a problem with the trailer. I think that's probably the second most likely. Third most likely, I think, is the strategy change for the marketing, and maybe they just want to drop with the Batman. And then the fourth most likely is that they're changing release dates. I really don't think they're changing release dates at this point. It's feasible. Yes. What is, what is the release date? It's... Uh, Do we know? Ray, quick. What is the release date for uh, Secrets of Dumbledore? Uh, I, I, I want to say... I want to say April? I might be wrong yeah. about that. But any, at, at any rate. Um, so... But I think it's... I don't think they're changing release dates at this point. But again, it is feasible. It, it's feasible that that could be it. April 15th. Okay, it is April 15th, so it's not terribly far away. And we've seen movies, unlikely, and hasn't happened often, but we have seen some movies this close to release dates get bumped. Although it be unusual considering there's the we're in the decline of the coronavirus right now and all that kind of stuff, but who knows. So those are the four options that I'm proposing right now. Rob, uh, you hear about this thing. They announced a trailer with no explanation why. They just don't drop it. What do you think is the likely scenario here for why they suddenly pulled it and gave no explanation well, for it? I think you're right. I mean, my my first inclination is that, one, they thought to themselves, why release a trailer a week before our biggest movie of the year is coming out and we can attach it to that movie? Right. That's That, that would be my first impulse. The second impulse would be that, like you said, the trailer wasn't ready. You know, a lot of the time in trailers, they have effect shots in them. And sometimes they're not quite finished. Maybe somebody looked at an effect shot and said, this is not the final iteration. We don't want to show this big scene if it's not entirely finished. Like, it's literally an effect shot that doesn't look as good as it should. And somebody said, you know, let's give it another week and re-render the shot or something. I mean, I don't know. Like you said, just chalk it up to the trailer. Was it ready or something? And then, of course, the war in Ukraine, that's a good bet. Like, why release this fun, mirth-filled trailer about young Dumbledore's secrets when the world <laughs> is at war? I mean, I can understand that. Um, but I honestly, John, I really think it's because somebody thought to themselves, wait a minute, 
let's just debut this on in front of Batman, which is going to get the most eyes, the most excitement. I mean, everyone watches trailers online too, but remember, we watch trailers online, but there's a lot of the movie-going audience that are just, you know, normal people. And they don't, they're not sitting on their internet waiting for the next trailer to drop for their favorite franchise. And there's something to be said about cultivating the environment in which somebody sees something. Because if somebody's going to experience this Dumbledore trailer for the first time, why not do it when they're super pumped, super excited, they're in a movie theater, getting ready to watch Batman, so they're already in this really positive fan frame of mind, and let them see it for the first time in a glorious stage. So, I mean, there's a lot to that. I would imagine that we'll probably see this trailer in front of the Batman on the first at the fan event. We're either going to not see any trailers at all, or they'll probably have this trailer in front of that movie. I'm guessing we won't. I'm, I'm just guessing. I don't know this. I'm guessing we won't have any trailers at all because it's a special IMAX event. Right. So I'm guessing we won't have a trailer. But but then the coming Thursday, Friday, that's a different story altogether. When you hear about this, Chris, okay, so they announced a trailer. 72 hours later, nope, no trailer, no explanation. What do you think is the most likely scenario here in explanation? And first, can we talk about how spicy the Harry Potter fan club was being on Twitter underneath that tweet? Like, <laughs> we waited around all day and you gave us nothing. <laughs> Whoa, guys. Yeah, those are the last fans I'd want pissed at me. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Man, they're going to Avada Kedavra everybody. It's wild. Um, I think that it probably has to do with something like you guys are saying more so with the actual trailer itself, because it does seem weird to not include in the tweet because of what's occurring currently. I feel like that's an odd thing to do unless uh, an intern is running Twitter and it's their first day and they panicked. You know, I feel like we would give a full explanation if it is just because of what's occurring on the world stage. Uh, we have a friend who edits movie trailers for Marvel and Disney. And, you know, a lot of times there are last minute changes. Yeah. So I think it could just be a VFX issue. I really would like to see this trailer. I really want to see this movie because I'm really I'm actually really excited about Mads Mikkelsen taking on the role. Yeah. The hopefully, last trailer looked good. Yeah, and so hopefully this just means we're getting something shinier, better, more exciting. Hopefully right, it's nothing nefarious. Just, I wanted to hear what you guys had to think. Now, I just ripped this off really, really fast, so I only got in three of the options. But I've, I'm asking you guys, for those of you watching live, I've put up a poll. I want to know what you guys think. Why was there no trailer for Fantastic Beasts? Is it the Ukraine? Is it they want it with the Batman? Or is it changes to the trailer? So those are the three options. I, I didn't include the fourth, but those are the three options I put in there. Uh, right now, we've got a little over 200 votes already. 59% of you are thinking it's the Ukraine stuff. 27% uh, of you are saying it's the Batman stuff. 18% of you, it's changed now. Ukraine is 55%. Now we're at 400 votes. 27% thinks because of the Batman, they want it with the Batman. 17% are saying it's because of changes to the trailer. We'll leave that poll up there for you guys to continue to talk about. The question is for you. What do you think about this? Jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Chris, what is our second main topic today? This comes from Connor M. I was on Twitter and saw that Mark Wahlberg actually had real meetings at Warner Brothers pitching a sequel to The Departed. The interesting thing about the story is that the pitch had Brad Pitt and Robert De Niro in it. My question is, with all the Oscars, the first film won, and with such big name talent attached to it, and a major star like Wahlberg pitching it, 
why would the studio turn it down when so much other crap gets a green light? <laughs> Thanks, then. Don't have a good day. Have a great day. Oh, a little bit of free guy in there. I like that. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in, man. Okay, listen. My favorite, I think my favorite Martin Scorsese movie is The Departed. It is a remake of my all-time favorite cop film, Infernal Affairs. And, uh, I mean, I don't like it quite as much as Infernal Affairs, but it's magnificent. Won Best Picture at the Academy Awards, and it's the film that won Marty Scorsese his first, and I believe only, Best Director Academy Award. I love this film. Matt Damon was fantastic in it. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was fantastic in it. Mark Wahlberg was fantastic in it. Unbelievable. Got an Academy Award nomination for it. Uh, Alec Baldwin was fantastic in it. Uh, him and Wahlberg's dynamic together was pretty great in it. And I love this movie. Now, like I said, The Departed is based on an original uh, Asian film called Infernal Affairs, which is my all-time favorite cop film. That had several other films come out after it. Yeah, it had several sequels. So it's not the most ridiculous thing in the world to think about a sequel. Well, apparently Mark Wahlberg himself really did go to the studio and try to pitch his own idea for a sequel, not following the sequels of the original films, but their own sequel. This is what he had to say. Okay, this is from our friends over at Joe Blow. And Mark Wahlberg said, I went into a meeting with Bill Monahan, the screenwriter, at Warner Brothers. So the two of them went in to pitch this to Warner Brothers together, to pitch the sequel to The Departed. And let's just say the pitch didn't go very well. <laughs> he really didn't have anything fleshed out, but he's the kind of guy you just trust to go and write something. And so when we were working on the script for Cocaine Cowboys, American Desperado, I said, Bill, just go write. They like to have things well thought out and planned. So that pitch didn't go well. William Monaghan had previously teased a sequel or slash prequel over a decade ago, saying, my idea actually is to set the film before, during, and after the action of the first film, which I, would, which I think would be extraordinary. Essentially, in the middle section of the thing I've intended, you'd see actions that take place during the original Departed, but aren't on screen in the original Departed. There would be off-screen things that occur at that point in the story, but it would work seamlessly uh, as a point of its own. And that, of course, comes to us from the folks over at Joe Blow. And, you know, when I hear him describing this, it does sound a little bit like Godfather 2, in a way. That clearly was his inspiration. Because in Godfather 2, we got some of the movie takes place before the events of the original Godfather. Some takes place after the events of the original Godfather. So it sounds like there was a little bit of that in there. Everything tastes better with a little Godfather 2. Everything tastes better with a little Godfather 2. So listen, as a major Departed fan, I got to tell you, I'm totally open to the idea. Now, the really interesting little part of this too is that he went in there pitching Brad Pitt and Robert De Niro. So not getting, well, obviously some of the characters can't come back from the original Departed, but not looking at the original cast, but bringing in a Brad Pitt, a Robert De Niro, who I guess would have been off-screen auxiliary characters during the events of the first Departed, I'm guessing. I'm telling you what, everything about this sounds good to me. So it's kind of unfortunate that they bought the event. So mark me down as somebody would, would have said, yeah, I would have loved to have seen a sequel to this if they had done it, but clearly they didn't have it ready to go. Rob? I know you are somebody who appreciates The Departed as well. What did you think about this? A Wahlberg pitched them and uh, they wanted to get one going, but they just couldn't make it work. Yeah, well, you know what? There's so many projects in Hollywood that could have been great that never get made. 
I, I, I mean, hundreds of more than the things that do get made, thousands. But I would have liked to have seen this only because you do have, you could always fall back to the movies that were already made in Hong Kong. But I like this approach. I think it'd be really, really interesting. And also, Wahlberg's character, Dignan, isn't Detective Dignan? Is that oh, his I name? can't remember the name. Um, uh, it, he was great. And of course, he has a he has a great part to play in the climax of The Departed and all that. It's, I... I think it would have been great. I, I would like to have seen it. Although, John, to be fair, The Departed winning Best Picture, it's such a good movie. So and good. sometimes it's just enough to let something exist. Let it be pure. <laughs> you know, don't. there's no reason to to take something away that don't diminish it don't because it could never be as i mean i, I shouldn't say it could never be but you know what the departed but could you say the same thing after the first godfather couldn't you said it won best picture it was great it's a standalone leave it alone we don't and now a lot of people think godfather 2 is the greatest film of all time yeah but that's that also that's uh, you can't take the 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 outliers like the greatest oh, movies in the world and say let's aspire to this but but yes, that 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 point can always be made, you know. I mean, uh, but I I would have liked to have seen it, but I'm glad kind of it didn't get made. Yeah, look, if they went in there and didn't have the right pitch for it, then I'm I'm glad they didn't say, ah, let's just trust it'll be okay. If Monahan had gone it. in there with like a, the, the, the script, this is it, man, yeah, and it was all written thing. and ready to go, and people <laughs> would have been like, oh my god, then I would have been like, okay, that's too bad. All right, Chris, I don't know. Like, uh, you are somebody who I believe never saw the original Departed. No, I don't know what disappoints my Dorchester, Massachusetts-born mother more, <laughs> that I'm an actor or that I've never seen this film. Wow. Like, it's, ooh, it's, it's a cold Christmas when I come home. And she's like, you haven't seen that? Um, yeah, I, this sounds weird to me. I don't know. I mean... The first thing I thought of, too, just because of recent movies where I was like, did they watch Endgame? And were they like, yeah, let's do this and have us see things from behind the scenes? If it's executed well, sure, that could be cool. But, you know, I don't think my opinion really matters on this since I haven't seen the first one. <laughs> I'm just talking out of my butt. You really right, should. It's, a, it's really it's, fun. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. You really talk out of her butt. <laughs> you should watch it. And then at some point, you should go and watch the original Infernal Affairs because okay. they're both like absolutely fantastic but you're watching things out of your butt and talking out of your butt this, this what's going on using time ladies and gentlemen question is for you what do you think about marky mark saying he tried to get that departed funky bunch back together again but they couldn't quite do it would you have been interested in a sequel whatever you guys are thinking jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts Guys, we want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at masterclass.com. For example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the Building Your Streaming class taught by ninjas so you can sharpen up on your streaming skills. Or if you're interested in independent filmmaking, take independent filmmaking from Academy Award winner Spike Lee. You want to get classes on how to direct? How about from Ron Howard? The very first one I personally looked up and got into was Business Leadership by the great Big Papa Iger, Bob Iger himself. And I was absolutely 
enthralled with it. I love every single minute of this stuff. If any of those apply to you, you need to try Masterclass. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every Masterclass. And as a John Campy Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com slash Campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com slash Campia. And thank you to the good folks at Masterclass. Seriously, guys, Masterclass is awesome. So thank you to the good folks at Masterclass for supporting this episode of the John Campus Show. All right, with that down, let's move on to main topic number three. Chris, what is our third main topic today? This is from my own variant. Hey, John, Ray, Chris, and Rob. Okay, so back when they said John Cena was going to be in Fast and Furious, everyone talked about how cool it would be to see The Rock and him have a fight scene. Now that they're both in the DCEU, people have been wondering if we'd see Peacemaker versus Black Adam. Cena just said he'd love to see it. With both Johnson and Cena in the same universe, do you think we can finally see the rock bottom versus the attitude adjustment on screen? <laughs> All right, thanks a lot for saying that in. And okay, yeah, going back to the Fast and the Furious, there was, when we found out that John Cena was going to be appearing in it, and in that universe, a lot of people started wondering, well, hell, are we going to see The Rock versus John Cena at some point? Now, of course, that was made pretty unlikely by the fact that Vin Diesel and Dwayne The Rock Johnson had a pretty public falling out, and it looked like he was never going to be in those movies again. So people got excited, but it was very unlikely. Then, once everybody started putting the pieces together, both John Cena and Dwayne The Rock Johnson were going to be in the DCEU, Questions started to abound, including yesterday on this show. Somebody mm -hmm. wrote into the show just yesterday. It's happened a lot, but as recently as yesterday, wondering, are we finally going to see now John Cena versus The Rock? A WrestleMania rematch, but this time in the DCU. To which I replied, that would be a pretty damn short fight. Black Adam versus, <laughs> I mean, God bless Peacemaker, but that's a real short fight. But still... You got a lot of people asking about it, a lot of people excited about the possibility. And one of the people excited about the possibility is John Cena himself. This is what he said. This comes out from CBR, and John Cena said the following. I'll say the same thing every time with possibilities in this sort of universe. It would be an honor and a privilege to be able to perform with him, talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Cena said in an interview with People Magazine, I think there's still a passionate marketplace that wants to see him in. But I'm sorry, man. That's just not my choice, so I don't know. It's so far beyond me. It's beyond what I'm able to control. I think that the excitement is starting to build with fans, whether you talk about the conversation of Fast or you talk about it now with the DC Universe, Cena said at the time. I don't want to say we're on a crash course and it's inevitable. I want to because I'm a fan, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Tell me what he says. <laughs> I like that. I like that. That's, that's a nice one. Tell me what he says. Tell me what he says. Okay, so look, look, what is, the thing we do know is that, yeah, they are both in the DCEU. They're both in the same cinematic universe. We haven't had The Rock yet, but we know that he is coming. He just, you know, hasn't showed up yet. We know that John Cena is going to be around in the DCU for a while with the an incredible success of Peacemaker. Their number one viewed episode of any of their original programming for their finale. 44% growth over the course in the run of the, of the eight episodes. Crazy success they had with that. So he's going to be around for a while. They already announced Peacemaker Season 2. 
it is clear John Cena wants to have Peacemaker versus Black Adam. He wants Cena versus Rock. He wants to see this. And by the way, I really loved hearing him because there have been rumors and whispers over the years that Dwayne Johnson and John Cena actually don't like each other that much. But with that being out there, it's really cool to see see uh, John Cena say, hey, listen, it would be an honor to work with him on screen. It would be a pleasure. I want it. I'm a fan. I want this to happen. So that's pretty cool to hear. So I think that's really nice. And then if, <laughs> that last line, tell me what he says. So you know... There is no more social media savvy celebrity out there than Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You know, I'm fully expecting some some kind of reply from him on his thing. Probably something about beating his candy ass and, and <laughs> Peacemaker being under Black Adam's boot at some point. He'll, he'll put out some kind of response. But I'm going to be the wet blanket here. Oh, man. It's not going to happen. You're not going to believe on your birthday? <laughs> I know, even on my birthday. <laughs> on your birthday? And technically, it's not my birthday yet. My birthday's yeah. tomorrow, but... Oh, mm. I do like a whole week. I'm obnoxious. <laughs> I'm weak. It's it's the week of Chris. <laughs> Chris Annika. Chris Annika. I love it. That should be that should be on everybody's Hallmark cards. <laughs> I, I don't think it's going to happen. I, I really don't. First of all, we got to see if Black Adam's any good. And if people like it at all, or if it gets trashed. And I don't know. I'm choosing to believe Black Adam's going to be really good. I've been very excited about this ever since they announced it in 1914. <laughs> it's been a big high thing up on my list to see Black Adam. It's been a long time. I think I was, remember I was telling you that the one birthday I was bummed out over was my 20th? I think that's when they announced The Rock was going to be playing <laughs> Black Adam. It's been a little bit. So my anticipate, my, my excitement levels waned a bit because I've been excited for it for so many years. But first, number one, we got to see if that works out. Number two, narratively, it is difficult. Like we joked yesterday about saying that, you know, it would be a really short fight. It really would be a very short fight. I mean, it's Black, Black Adam can fight Superman. So unless they come up with some kind of narrative dynamic that says, well, you know, in Injustice Gods Among Us, I don't know if you ever played it, but Injustice Gods Among Us, you're like, well, wait a minute, how is Harley Quinn fighting green lantern yeah well because they created this little pill and they take these pills and increases their muscle and bone density and all you know, so so they give them an excuse well why they can fight each other so if they come up with some kind of narrative hook that says that i suppose that would explain it but i am honestly as much as i would like to see it i don't think it's going to happen rob what do you think do you think we could see cena versus the rock aka peacemaker versus black adam at some point dude all you'd have to do is say somewhere in in peacemaker's dad's arsenal he has some kind of magic nullifying thing and so 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 black adam's powers are neutralized for a certain amount of time peacemaker hits him with it to him peace and and but he'll be invulnerable, so he's his flesh would still be impenetrable by we by weapons. And Peacemaker just takes off his his two guns or whatever and says, "Okay, we're going to do this the old-fashioned way." And you do a they live style wrestling smackdown that lasts for like ten minutes, where they <laughs> beat the hell out of each other. As a matter of fact, it's James Gunn. Do the entire episode as one long wrestling match. Where they just a fifty-three minute I mean, on-screen fight. How awesome would that be? And you just do every iteration of fight you've ever wanted to see between these two guys. Oh my god! Come on. There's just chairs and it's a cage match. I mean, it's all over the city. Yeah. They, question, they just throw each other into buildings. I mean, I whatever. That. The question is, which one of these two would actually be willing to lose to the other? 
Oh, they do. That's a, they, 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 it would end in a draw. Yeah. No, no. Would, see, that's what I was going to mention. It would always end in a draw. The yeah. worst thing to ever happen in a boxing match, especially if it's a really good boxing match, is to end up with a draw. I just, mm. I just hate draws. That's why I think there should be <laughs> but, 13 rounds. But you know what could whatever. be cool? Is if at the end of this fight, the whatever the magic nullification thing, it wears off. So Black Adam gets his powers back, and he, he could be on the verge of about to kill Peacemaker. You know, now he's got the powers back. And he says, you know what? I respect. Well, see, and that's the I thing. They have a built-in excuse there because if 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 Peacemaker loses the Black Adam, that's not jobbing because Black Adam is Black Adam. Yeah. Like there's no there's no shame there in losing that fight, right? But 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 they weren't also he wasn't also saying Peacemaker and Black Adam. He's also talking about a fast movie too, a fast and Well, yeah, but that that yeah. went away. Everybody knew that was never going to happen. Oh. So like that can't happen because Rocket was never going to be in But if movies. the if the it were to happen, that's the situation I was talking about where it's more even, which one of them would be willing to lose to the mm. other? And I don't see that them actually wanting to lose well it would be right in the rocks contract yeah yeah yeah. john cena would take a dive john cena would take the dive on screen and right now too we're only talking about them physically fighting these two would vocal spar and that's what i'm more interested in seeing is peace mark beautiful just talking mad shit about black adam being like look at you in your cute little halloween costume okay oh man that would be that's what i want and then black adam can just you know lay him out let's be real both of them look ridiculous in their costumes in the real world i I know black adam looks pretty good costume's pretty tight black adam looks pretty good in this one like it's like just nobody can deliver lines like dwayne the rock johnson i mean Cena did great in Peacemaker with the lines they had, but all it took, all it would take is Black Adam showing up and saying, listen up, knuckle puss, or something like that, and instantly I'd be on the floor laughing my yeah. guts out. So, knuckle puss, there you go. There you go. Get, get that trending, hashtag knuckle puss. What about John Cena appearing in a Hobbs and Shaw 2 to fight The Rock? Nah. Is that even more possible than the, I, I, just for, being... Well, no, because, like, honestly... I didn't see the last fast, that's listen, why, so I don't know. Listen, Peacemaker was a great role for for john cena it was it was custom made for him and i thought he did great in it he didn't fare so well in fast nine it, no. it, that well that was not a role for him and it oh, didn't okay. he didn't come across well and then it was a stupid ending like it's like i'm i'm gonna take out dom i'm gonna take out my brother but then he gets betrayed by the other bad guys and all of a sudden he's back in the family it's like what i mean so it was stupid the audience didn't really decide so i don't i don't see why dwayne johnson would want that never having to say you're sorry that's what the fast and the furious movies are about i assume yeah so uh so no but just uh, i think our our mics hadn't come back on yet but i just want to say yes the the rocks tequila i've heard from many many people is is very good i've heard the rocks but again as i was saying what is better is aviation gin you know, Asian is even better. I think that it is your birthday weekend. Why not make a little video and do a little uh, tequila taste test? You, or, or, or you know, I know you don't drink alcohol, but just take a little shot. Why? It's your birthday. <laughs> so do something that I find horribly unpleasant to celebrate my birthday. You might I have a good hate time. the taste of alcohol. I wouldn't have a good time. I like. I really. I hate the taste of alcohol. And it's so funny because my wife, she keeps saying, "Oh, this is delicious. Try this." I'm like, "Honey, no, no, no. I think you might like this one." And I put it in my mouth, and no, it's alcohol. I get this all I taste. I hate the taste of alcohol. And it's the best. 
I don't yeah, know. Of course, Chad. Anne's the best. And she drinks. Yeah. We should take a us I was going to say, we'll do it. Right now. Yeah. You have speaking to your mic. You have speaking to your mic, Rod. Oh, right. sorry. <laughs> We should also have, we should just, if we're going to, you know, we should have an aviation gin bottle at arm's length all the time. <laughs> okay, no. Why not? Well, it's funny because uh, we will have some aviation gin bottles on the show here in a couple of days. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yes, I. Uh, well, you say bottles. We're going to have, they're going to be filled. I have, right? um, I have a anonymous benefactor who is shipping us a case of aviation gin. Bruh. I'm so excited. It's happening. So, yes. Can we it's make Mar delicious. gin martini shake and not stir? I'm sure aviation gin comes with, like, recipes for their martini. I mean, and on that show, I will probably have a sip. I will have a sip oh, of gin. Oh, that would be so fun. I can't wait for that. When yeah, you bust out a move, we get you enough gin, you'll break you'll dance break like your old the dance crew. Anne is, Anne is looking forward to it. Doing it all. Anyway, guys, <laughs> question is for you. What do you think about this john cena saying he wants peacemaker and black adam to throw down in the dceu he wants to be on screen with dwayne the rock johnson he says it would be an honor and a privilege to do so he's a big fan would you like to see it i'd like to see it but i don't think we will what do you guys think jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts all right guys with that down let's move on to main topic Number four, shall we? Chris, what is the fourth main topic today? This comes from Daryl Cooper. Hey, everyone. Well, it looks like the Batman is staying a 15 here in the UK. Edward Lombardi from the British Board of Film Classification said that most superheroes get a lower age classification, but said the new Batman film was, quote, different. We haven't given it a 15 lightly. It is a stronger, tougher, bleaker movie than is typically the case with superhero film. We might be in for something special here, but it is odd seeing kids tie in books and Lego sets in the toy aisle for a film none of them can see. Usually the studio asks for suggestions and makes cuts for a lower rating, but they haven't this time. I wonder why they didn't mind taking the financial hit when they need it most. All right. Thanks a lot for sending that in. And yeah, okay. We were talking about this. Uh, this came up, I think last week is when it came up, that in the UK, they have a different rating system than we have in the United States. Like here in the U.S. and North America, we have, you know, PG-13 or PG, PG-13 and R. And in the U.K., they have something different. They have like 12, 12A, 15, and 18. Now, you would think that 18, an 18 certification, that's equivalent to rated R here in the States. It's not. It's actually equivalent to NC-17. Because in North America, anybody of any age can go to an R-rated film. If you are 12 years old, you can go to an R-rated film, provided you are accompanied by your over 18-year-old brother or sister, your an uncle or an aunt, one of your parents, whatever. But, but the point is, with R-rated films, anybody can still go, provided they go with an adult. In the UK, it's a little more strict. A 15 rating means if you are under 15, you just cannot get into this movie. And there's nothing like that in North America until you come across NC-17, which is porno, basically. So I would propose, and we talked about this, why like the 15 is actually a harder rating than the rated R here in North America. Because, hey, 13-year-old, doesn't matter if your uncle says he'll take you. You're not allowed in, period. 
and it's enforced. And we talked about the fact uh, the other day that in the UK, the Batman has gotten that 15 rating, to which the movie theaters were very upset. The movie theaters were like, uh, this is the Batman. We're trying to get the movie theater industry up and running again. There are going to be a lot of kids who want to come see the Batman. We're making Lego toy sets of the Batman. But we're, we're telling the, these kids they can buy these Lego toy sets, but they can't come see the movie. And hell, Ireland, if they drive across the border into Ireland 15 minutes away, they're rating at 12A. So they're just going to be able to leave the country, go watch it somewhere else, and then come back. And so we talked about this story about the, a number of movie theater owners we're petitioning the government to get the rating for Batman put back down to a 12A instead of 15. Well, apparently, the efforts did not work because it still has that, that's going to go into its release with that 15 certificate or equivalent to a rated R or even harder in North America. This comes to us from HITC who writes, in the U.S., the Batman has been given a PG-13 rating by the MPA, the Motion Picture Association, whereas it has received a 15 certificate by the BBFC, the British Board of Film Classification, in the UK. The MPA uh, bulletin has described that the PG-13 rating has been given due to the film's strong, violent, and disturbing content, drug content, strong language, and suggestive material. Over on the BBFC's website, it is listed as a 15 for strong threat violence. So, in the UK, only audience members that are age 15 years or over will be permitted to see the Batman in cinemas. I want to read what the MPA wrote about Batman again. Strong, violent, and disturbing content. Drug content, strong language, suggestive material. Count me in. <laughs> it sounds like an R to me. I mean, I, I, whatever. So, the BB, uh, uh, the British Film Certification Board, they said, yeah, no, this is, a, this is an R. For them, it's a it's a 15. This is an R, and they tagged it with it. So they're going to go into this thing. The release is coming up in a couple of days. It's going to have to live with the 15 certification. It is what it is. The other thing they brought up is in the email that the person wrote in, they were asking, well, wait a minute. You know, why they need the movie to make money. Why wouldn't they edit the film then to get it down to the rating in the UK board? I think the main reason why is because the UK box office is not a top three box office market. And it's it kind of pales in comparison to the North American market and what it's going to make here. And Matt Reeves made the film he wants to make. And they're not going to edit it just so in one country it'll get the slightly easier rating. Now, I get it why the theaters were upset. They want the kids to be able to come to their theaters, buy their popcorn, buy their soda, buy their bangers and mash or whatever they serve at the British film theaters. And hey, if they, you can sell poutine at the Canadian film theaters, which is awesome, by the way. You can sell bangers and mash in the UK film theaters. I don't even know if that's a real thing. Anyway, so clearly the theater, the theater owners want it, but they're not getting it. And, and I understand why, because everything I've heard from people who have seen the Batman, I've heard a couple of people say to me, it's kind of hard to understand why it's not rated R. Now, I haven't seen it myself yet. I'm not going to see it till Tuesday. But uh, that's there. Anyway, Rob, it's going to have to live with its 15 certification. There are equivalent in the UK. Is this going to hurt it much? What do you think about it? How do you see this? Well, I think that, like you said, this is a tonal issue with this movie. You can't just, like, cut out a shot and have them go, oh, well, 
now we can give it to kids. I mean, I think that the overall tone of this movie is very adult. It it, it takes its cues from Fincher-esque stuff like Seven and Zodiac or whatever. So I don't think that there was a, you could uh, cut it. And like you said, you can't really drive from the UK to Ireland. You, you could drive from the Irish Republic to Northern Ireland, yes. but it would be the Northern, the Northern <laughs> Irish. One of those falls under the, the this sort of. Yeah. So you could yeah. go, you could go to the Republic of Ireland from Northern Ireland, by the way, I have a hot toy coming from Northern, Northern Ireland. I'm very excited about. Um, I, I just think that, look, it's unfortunate, but it, it also shows the fact that there are Lego sets from this Batman movie. I mean, I remember when I was 12, I, I was so excited to get the Kenner 18 inch alien for the holidays you know my mom it was an r-rated movie and they had advertisements with kids playing with the xenomorph as if hey kids you too can have i mean it's such a bizarre the idea is it's let's let's prevent children from seeing the batman and i get it i mean i don't necessarily want somebody who's seven or eight to see this movie but you know when you're 13 14 15 the world is a hard place and the sooner you learn that maybe uh, seeing a movie like the batman can help you be ready for uh, the world at large. So I don't quite understand this, but I'll tell you one thing. It makes me very excited that the movie is full of this kind of goodness because I can't wait. And it's not surprising because when we look at the trailers, we see there's going to be a lot of visceral violence. Yeah, I mean, this it's movie, this right? is not a movie for kids. It's, it's buildings exploding. It's like savage, savage beatings being laid on people. Yeah, maybe it's not for kids. I don't know. Chris, look, we're speaking from a perspective here that we haven't seen the movie ourselves yeah. yet. But from what you're gathering and seeing, do you think maybe the, the British Certification Board should have gotten a little more easy on this? Or do you think maybe the MPA might be going kind of light on it? I mean, how do you see it right now? Well, one of the things is here in the States, the things that make our rating are things that the rest of the world aren't as bothered by. We right. are very, very prude about nudity. If you show some boobies in a movie, we're like, whoa, that is not okay. If we see a nipple, we freak out. Not so much in the UK. So there are different standards here. And the, violence is and not violence acceptable. And violence is different too, yeah. Um, and I know for us, it's, it's the squibs basically, right? The amount of blood and things is what ups it to an R rating. So... From what we know about this movie, the 15 age point kind of seems to make sense to me. And bouncing off of what you were saying too about the toys, Rob, yeah, I have a bunch of friends who have like plush xenomorphs, like snuggly little xenomorphs that are made out of like Teddy Ruxpin material, you know? <laughs> like there are plenty of toys for terrifying products out there. There are little dolls you can get a Pennywise for Christ's sake. Like it's horrifying. So I don't think the fact that there are toys for this really means anything about the movie as a whole kids are going to play with toys regardless you're going to get a batman toy if you want a batman toy you don't have to see a movie to get that but the rating seems to be something that makes sense for the level of violence we're seeing and it's a level of violence violence that frankly i appreciate i just throw this out there uh, to your point chris uh ir uh geo geo mm -hmm. writes in the uh who's writing to us from uh from uh, europe writes in uh, if there are no boobs in a Dutch movie, we're like, what the fuck? I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, 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 there's a there is a cultural difference. Yeah, like the nudity stuff like that. I find a lot of European countries and sex nudity. They're yeah. a lot more accepting and lenient on it, but the violence that's a bigger issue to them. Exactly. Here in the in North America, it's like violence for days. Yeah. But uh, I see a little bit of plumber crack there. Yeah. We got a. If two characters have sex in a movie. 
They've had sex already. They both are like, well, I gotta put this sheet over me and slide out of bed real quickly so you don't see my naked body. What I've always wanted to know is where do they buy the sheets that are shaped like L's where a man and a woman who just had sex together are laying beside each other and the sheet is perfectly positioned down around the guy's waist. Yeah. But it's up over the girl's breast beside him. And like, where do you buy the sheet? They actually, I've seen this. They actually take a bed sheet and they literally cut it to be that shape. That's ridiculous. I know. How silly is that? I'm going to say in the Pete's car household, we just have separate blankets so that I don't steal all of Logan's. Um, so I just assumed that's what all movies did. I will not deny some. Anna and I do that a lot too, yeah. because Anna, like, like, I'll be laying in bed on top of all the covers because I'm like, ah, oh, it's so warm in here. And Anna's under her blanket, a second blanket, oh, yeah. and has the two dogs cuddled up to her. Mm -hmm. It's freezing in here. I'm exactly. like, ah, you gotta make a burrito. Girl. Anyway, guys, <laughs> question is for you. What do you think about this whole situation? So if you're in the UK and you are under 15, sorry. I, I guess you're gonna have to wait till this thing comes out on home video. Do you think maybe they've the ones who have it right and we're the ones who have it wrong? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Hey guys, we want to take a minute and thank the sponsor of today's video, the good folks at Keeps. Now look, you guys probably already know that two out of every three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're just 35 years old. Now that's where Keeps comes in because Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. That means the guys that use it love it. Keeps offers a simple, affordable, and stress-free way to keep your hair. It's also low cost. Treatments start as low as just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions for the two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. That means treatment plans are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices. Keeps has everything your hair needs delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Remember, prevention is the key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so the sooner you act, the better. When it comes to your hair, save more, spend less with Keeps. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps, that's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Campia to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's Keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash Campia to get your first month free. Keeps dot com slash Campia. And thank you to the good folks at Keeps for helping making today's episode of the John Campus Show possible. Don't forget to use the promo code, guys, if you go and check that out. All right, guys, with that down, let's now spend the rest of our week, because this is the last day, <laughs> taking your live comments and questions you guys have been firing in. Chris, what do we got? This first one's from Anish, and this is uh, one of three. Fun fact for the Batman, Pattinson was the one who wanted to include the additional ground and pound in the scene where Batman beats up the street gang member. Originally, it was going to stop after the guy hit the floor. He also insisted that the I'm vengeance line come after the beatdown. He described the reason as something like, so that the words sunk into the perpetrator's mind as he drifted away from consciousness. Ooh. Ooh. I like that. As it wow. That's the right wow, mindset. Ball. I was going to say, if you want wow, people to forget you're a sparkly vampire. <laughs> Beat a fool up. There you go. Savagely. I like this. See, well that's done. the approach they should be taking. I love it. Thanks for sharing that, man. All right, what's next? Medicated movie reviews. 68 for over 420 finally started Peacemaker, and it is amazing. Giving me some serious Ash versus Evil Dead vibes in that first episode. Can't wait to watch more. All I can tell you, Medicated movie, is that you're in for a treat, man. Mm -hmm. You're you're in for a treat. Like this, 
The show to me just got better and better and better with an incredible climax. Like that, like I was going into it and say, please don't let the finale let me down, please. And it just delivered in spades. I'm very excited for the journey that you're on now, man. All right, what's next? Mr. Hank Dunn, I'm really curious as to what those set photos of people in Superman and Wonder Woman costumes were about for the Batman. Um, what do you mean? Yeah. What those photos of people in Superman and Wonder Woman costumes were about for the Batman. So I don't know. Is he saying that there are set pictures from the Batman with somebody? A long time ago. Remember, they caught people like um, it was supposed to be people like cosplaying on the streets. Remember oh, that? Right. Yeah. yeah but I yeah. forgot. Was that for this Batman movie? I can't remember now. But, but I, I remember yeah. that. You, yeah. You remember that, right? There were just like random people in like some costumes or whatever. Yeah, on the street. Like, yeah. so like people were thinking, oh, maybe they might be in whatever that movie. Yeah. I totally forgot about that. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's probably, again, it's probably nothing. I don't think a real Superman exists in that world, but hey, you never know. Yeah, I don't think so. I like the Nolan movies. He said that there are no other superheroes in mm -hmm. this Yeah, world. so I don't know. We'll find out. I totally forgot about that. Thanks for bringing that up again. All right, what's next? John Redcorn, over under 30% Peacemaker appears in Flash. Under. Yeah, I'm going to go yeah. under too. Um, and the main reason I'm going to go under is because I don't think Warner Brothers at all thought Peacemaker was going to be as big as it was. I mean, obviously they thought they could it could work. But I don't think they even remotely anticipated how big and successful it would be. So yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess uh, possible, possible. But I'm I'm gonna go under thirty percent. Anybody want to take the over on that? Nah, no, I don't feel like right. they double dip on the cameos. Yeah. All right, what's next? Comic Nizer, with everything positive coming out about the Batman, I hope this brings an end to the Twilight Boys whiners. But I'm sure it won't. Here's the thing. Look, the reality is, and all of us are guilty of this from time to time. Okay, all of us are guilty of this from time to time. The problem is, like a lot of different movies, there are people who have already written their own narrative in their head. They've already written the outcome in their head. This movie sucks. They haven't seen one frame of it other than the trailers. But there are obviously people out there who have predetermined this movie sucks. Whether it's because of the Twilight connection, whether it's because of the Zack Snyder connection, whether it's because they're hardcore Ben Affleck fans like myself, whether it's they're just hardcore zombie Marvel fans or whatever. There are people out there who have already determined this movie sucks. And the reality is for most of those people, nothing's going to change your mind. It doesn't matter. It won't change their mind. But if it's as good as we think it is, some will. I mean, listen, I've walked into a lot of movies that I thought, well, this is going to be terrible. <laughs> Let's sit down for this waste of time and then walked out and go, oh my God, that's so great. It will convert some, but there are just some that it does not matter what you do. It's not going to change anything. They're just not going to like it. You know, it's even what's even stranger to me is it's Stephanie Meyer who wrote the Twilight novels, right? That's mm -hmm. it. She wrote The Host too. Those, the, they were YA vampire werewolf novels that were written with a female audience in mind. And to me... I find that the this this dismissal of Robert Patton's sparkly vampire thing is really dudes telling girls that their their version of vampires is stupid. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like and and I I read the I didn't read all I read the first Twilight book, and I thought it was interesting, and I thought the movies certainly aren't bad, but it's just that their 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 focus on a romantic love triangle is more female oriented than for dudes, and I feel that. The whole 
making fun of Twilight is just guys making fun of of literature that was directed toward women. And I always thought that was kind of dumb because I liked reading that book and seeing the perspective that Stephanie Meyer brought to what would be the idea. So her vision of vampires might be sparkly, but I liked the portrayal of what she was going for. It was from a different perspective and looking at vampires and werewolves and then the societies around them in a different way. And what's so wrong with that? I'll tell you what. I, I read. A, I didn't read any of the books, but I picked them up. And, and I'll tell you what. The Twilight books were War and Peace compared to Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it's like masterful. The lines master in Fifty Pulitzer. Shades are so great, though. My inner goddess was doing cartwheels. <laughs> is that a real line? Of that is a real line. There's oh. When we're off camera, I'm going to tell you the wow. part of that book. Wow. It's going to be great. And I have to say, I think the first Twilight movie is a pretty legitimately good genre film with an indie sensibility to its I direction. I agree with you. that for the first one. Yeah. Yep. I like the And I watched one. them recently for the first time. Yeah. I thought the first one was 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 good. I, I liked it when they introduced film. the creepy baby. Oh, yeah. What was the name of that baby again? Renezme. Renezme. So I still know what that's mm -mm. about. But again, like I said, I unapologetically, I like the last film. Not a big fan of any of the other ones, but I thought the last film was kind of fun. Yeah. But uh, again, I don't think it's going to change. It will change some people's minds. Yeah. I don't think it's going to change a lot of people's minds, though. All right. What's next? Suthius, we've done March Madness for villains. Oh, medicated? Oh, that's in the wrong order for me. Oh, okay. Um, medicated movie reviews. 69, 420. I don't know what that means. Have like you, uh, part, instead of part over? one of two. Oh, okay. Part 69 out of four. Out of, out of your weed day. <laughs> I was um, going to say, you... 69 420 sounds like a great afternoon. <laughs> have you guys seen French uh, Dispatch yet? One of the most creative and well-directed movies I've ever seen. Maybe his best movie. Stay medicated. I have to disagree. Um, I, I, I was late. I was very late to the party on it, but it was with a lot of fans because I, I like most of his movies. Um, it, it just never flowed for me. And it was all right. It wasn't bad. I didn't dislike the movie. Don't get, don't misinterpret me. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I didn't think it was one of his better films. I missed the name of the movie. Oh, French Dispatch. French Dispatch. Oh, the fr yeah. I was like, well, okay. Still folk just thinking about 69, 420. <laughs> Man, what a day. Doesn't what a take, day to be alive. Doesn't a lot to derail Rob. <laughs> doesn't just... take a lot. I, you know, uh, I, I, I thought the French Dis Dispatch might be the most Wes Anderson of all Wes Anderson movies, but I didn't, I didn't love it either. I think it's the most Wes Anderson has Wes Anderson, and I, I got, I had the pleasure of seeing it on the lot with a talk back from Henry Henry Winkler. So like I was very just enamored with the whole experience. Um, but, you know, I, I personally prefer movies like Life Aquatic or or things like Life that. Aquatic yeah. is still my favorite yeah. Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. And I love Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah. I love Rushmore. Royal Tenenbaums. Royal Tenenbaums so, good. so good. I love that movie. And Bottle Rocket, his first <laughs> yeah. movie. Oh, All right, yeah. what's next? Now Soothius, maybe? Yes. Okay, there we go. We've done March Madness for villains, comic book movies, and animated movies. Perhaps one of 80s movies next? So many good ones to choose from. Nah, I probably wouldn't do one for 80s movies. Uh, honestly, because it's, well, it's it's not that it's too broad. It's just that there are a lot of people who've never watched an 80s movie. I mean, let's, let's face it, the 80s, I mean, I was nine when the 80s were around. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of people and there's a bunch of people watch show that are younger than me. So, I just don't know that it would be engaging enough for a lot of people to do one. Plus, I'm not sure that we're going to do a March Movie Madness because it's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and we've got a lot going on right now. I'm not saying it, we're I'm not saying we're not going to do it. I'm just saying it's I haven't really decided. But if we do, it probably won't be on 80s movies. All right, what's next? Al Renshaw. I got it, John. The crossover will be called Thor Love and Family. <laughs> After Jane dies or loses her powers, they get transferred to Toretta's car. And while driving it, he has powers and he has ability to... Where's the rest of your thing? There it is. Uh, turn into a suit of armor. He gets power from a new infinity stone called the Family Stone. <laughs> Uh, Diane Keaton pops out of it, and he's able to defeat the enemy. Brie Larson is the original creator of the stone and wants it back. I mean, listen, I've got a lot of... I am surprised how many emails I got from people yesterday, like after we did the show, regarding the whole idea of a Fast and the Furious and Avengers crossover, who were all... was absolutely were all the same mind as me. It's like, yeah, that movie would make all the money in the world. It would make all the money in the world. But there's no way it would be good. There's no way it would be good. But I don't know. I have to see. All right, Unless James Gunn directed it. If James Gunn directed it, he could make something happen. Rogue directed it. All right, what's next? Lucky BX. Hi, crew. Here's a different question for you guys. What are your top five rappers, dead or alive? Uh, unless I, I, my favorite rapper of all time. Now, this goes back because of a certain time in my life and all that kind of stuff was Cool Modi. Cool Modi was my favorite rapper of all time because yeah, like that was around the days when I was into my breakdancing phase and stuff like that. So you've got, I mean, and I've obviously Run DMC and and guys like that. Um, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Uh, you had, I'm trying to think of some of the other ones from that era there as well. But but yeah, anyway, I, I listen. There's a lot of guys today, but eh. Not a lot really super stand out to me too. I mean, I'm obviously Eminem is a damn forge master wordsmith. Like that that guy is like a just a forge master. It's it's absolutely unbelievable. Kill shot might be my favorite thing done in rap in the last twenty years. Like that was just unbelievable. But anyway, do any of you guys stand out to you? Rakeem. Um, too short. Yeah, Rakeem. I like Tupac probably my favorite of all time and then there's like the used to be like the underground like cannabis and also right now probably kendrick lamar i was gonna say kendrick yeah. Kendrick Lamar's great. really good Tariq from the roots i think is great too all right what's next? he's actually i saw him do something recently i was like wow that guy that guy's he he's got some lyrical flow yeah and he used to do it right off the dome too which is always so impressive to me also john cena Oh the my best gosh. rapper. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Oh man, he's got dun, some dun, dun, he's got some slick lines sometimes. So <laughs> all right, what's next? Let's keep going here. Andy 104. Been doing a By the way, did we get Cam K? I I have that three up. Okay, never mind. Go ahead. Um, been doing a marathon of movies with live action Batmans to prep for the Batman. Uh Batman versus Superman. You E is much better than I remembered. If you crash your car By the way, I have no idea what he means by UE. Yeah. If you crash your car into someone and that person survives without a scratch, the last thing the driver should do is threaten him or her. But not Batman. <laughs> Tell me, do you bleed? You will. <laughs> This doesn't get talked about much, but the first conversation between Bruce and Clark is a great example as to why Ben Affleck was excellent as Batman. As that conversation goes on, you see the Bruce Wayne mask peel off bit by bit until his true persona, Batman, surfaces. To me, like, I remember being at Comic-Con and they brought that scene up with, you know, he crashes the car into him and Superman just he rips the thing off and completely 
unintimidated. Like he just crashed into this guy. And then he climbs up on his car and rips his roof off. And instead of cowering, he goes, oh, yeah, okay. Stands right up, right in his effing face. And says to this God man, you bleed, you will. I'm like, that is, that is the greatest moment of Batman on screen ever. That moment when he is not even in the slightest. I'm a huge Superman fan. You guys know I'm a huge Superman fan. But when he is not even in the slightest impressed, not the slightest impressed. Ooh, you took a car crash. Ooh, you took you ripped a door off. Ooh, you're going to bleed. And I'm like, that is the most Batman thing I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he knows I am smarter than you. I will do like, like, come on, kid. Like, and I just remember watching that for the first time and losing my mind. And even just the way, like, even Superman, I love the way that Henry Cavill Superman responds because, like, this is the first non-Kryptonian that doesn't seem to shit his pants when I look at them the wrong way. And, and it throws him a little bit. And I love the way Cavill played that, too. It's like, number one, I mean business with you, Batman. Like, I'm serious. But at the same time, it's like, why is this guy not rattled? Like, it, and he does it very subtly. I freaking love that moment. <laughs> it's it's like one of my favorite movie moments ever. Absolutely love it. Mm. Anyway, okay, sorry. I rammed on with that one a little <laughs> bit too long. Okay, what's next? Kaden, just wanted to pop in and say hello to all you crazy-ass nerds. We are one week away from Batman. Let's go! And four days for the about 100,000 people who got that, that <laughs> yeah, screening wait, for IMAX. dude, I'm so, Tuesday, so, so excited. All right, what's next? Cam K. Coming from the guy who sent the Captain Carter shield pic, there is another shard of glass with a clear image of a monster that resembles Kathan a lot. That is a very, very strong theory uh, that's that's going around. Um, I can't comment on it, but uh, but there, there are theories of that going around. Even like as of a couple of weeks ago, there was a theory going around about how that could all tie in not just with Wanda, but the Darkhold and, and things like that, yep. too. But mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right, what's next? All right, the Foo Fighters. Oh, my gosh, they watch. <laughs> I love you, Dave Grohl. Studio 666 is so ridiculous. I would be lying if I didn't have a huge smile on my face throughout. I work. Who's has they screened it already? No, but it opens this weekend. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think it opens until this I mean, weekend. I got to say that trailer, Dave Grohl, it's, it's who awesome. would have thought Dave Grohl could be the new Ash from Evil Dead? Here for it. That's exactly what it is, actually. <laughs> it's just come on. I can't wait. All right, what's next? This is from Irene Jobson. What's up, girl? Ray, <laughs> prepare for your tea bags. Who teabagging you? Does that is that an inside joke from you in the live chat or something? Yeah, because apparently Irene is supposed to kick my ass in um Rocket League and Halo, but she hasn't added me on Xbox yet. I'll tell you what, I've seen Ray play a lot of Rocket League. So yeah, just just Are you good? careful oh, no. with no. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. No, no, I've, no. I've never seen you lose. Well, because you've you just walked into the few <laughs> matches where it's just a lucky day, but I I that game is so frustrating. I'm not even at the level of anything high in that I game. I just like you got a girl named Irene. Come on, what's up? No, I mean, Come no, on, no, 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 she's just happy. She 
She's oh. married. She's, yeah, she's married. She's just a viewer. And See, why do you got to shatter my illusions now? <laughs> All right, well, let's keep yeah. going. What's next? Hero 75, one of two. I don't think we will see a live-action Avengers JL crossover anytime soon. I could see them doing an animation crossover between the two teams. It would still be almost impossible, but an animated movie with live actors voicing would be more likely than a full live-action crossover. Why has everybody got shattered my illusions? Um, but, I mean, he's absolutely right. Like, look, it can happen in the comics. If they want to do it, they can even do it in cartoon. But it's not going to happen on, on a movie screen. And, listen, I know I'm the unpopular voicer, but I, I don't care. That movie would be terrible. That movie would be terrible. You have far too many characters. Here's what's going to happen. They do this movie, and... They either try to divvy it up where every character has like five minutes of screen time, which isn't going to please anybody. Or you're going to focus on a couple of characters and piss off the fans of all the other characters who get second class treatment. And they're going to say, it's a spit in the face to the fans of Aquaman that he does. It's a spit in the face to the fans of, I don't know, whatever Marvel. I'm going to buy you the hardcover JLA versus Avengers for your birthday. Hey, I don't work on the page. I'm going to buy it for you. But it'll work on the page. It won't work in the screen. It's expensive because the hardcover is difficult to find. <laughs> I'm going to find it for you, John. But come on, Rob. You know, the movie would be a bloody mess. I think it could be great. Come on. <laughs> John Schnepp would be excited for it. I'm sure he would. So would I. But I come think on. you can be excited for it and acknowledge no, I, it would make for I, a I, movie. I think it would require finesse and great skill in terms of writing a good script. And I think you're right. I think that that you would not want every character would have to get its due. And I mean, you wouldn't have the entire pantheon of Avengers and the entire pantheon of the JLA. You would you would have like maybe six or seven characters on each side. Hmm. And, you know, so you, you, you would have to make the story work. And there would be some people that wouldn't be in it. But but see, this brings up another big problem with with that whole idea. And I was shocked, shocked, I tell you, that when I finally did see Batman versus Superman, I would have bet $500 that that fight was going to end in a draw. But Snyder didn't do that. He said he had in his head going in that thing, there's going to be a winner. And he didn't know he, who he's going to have win till he got closer to, to the thing. But Batman won the fight. And I was shocked that they did that. I'm thrilled. I mean, I would have been thrilled either way, whether Superman won the fight, Batman won the fight, whatever. But that ends with Batman winning the fight with the spirit of Superman's neck, wins the fight, spares his life. There is no chance that if they did do a Justice League versus Avengers movie, there's no way anybody loses. Like oh. they would they like there will be, you know it'll be. The same thing that was a problem with Batman versus Superman that at the end, a bigger threat, you know, Apocalypse and Darkseid, you know, it, they're going to come along and they're going to be teaming up. So now the Justice League Avengers have to team up together. Then they have but to that's together the trope, fight though. Them. That's yeah, the comic book trope. It could be it awesome. So dude. predictable. Oh, come on. It sounds like a better YouTube video than it does a movie. But then again, <sighs> what a cynic I, you are. I didn't realize that you're old age now. You're <laughs> so cynical. Hmm. <laughs> But then again, I'm going to call myself out on this too. I, the whole YouTube would make a better YouTube video than it would a movie thing is something I thought for a lot of years about the idea of bringing Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield together with Thing 2. And look how that worked out. That worked out really well. So there you go. All right, what's next? Scotty H. I just finished watching House of Lies with Don Cheadle, Kristen Bell, and Ben That Shore. show is so good. I loved it. What do you all think of it? I love that show. It was good. Don Cheadle was so slick. 
And it's a filthy show too. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. I, got, I like filthy. What can I say? Bring on the filthy. It's a filthy show. But Ben Schwartz is so good. In it. And I'm trying to, I never knew the name of the guy who was their fourth. So you had Don Cheadle, oh, Kristen yeah. Bell, oh, uh, um, Schwartz. And then there was the, the kind of more clean cut, um, you know, Michael J. Fox kind of guy. Yeah. And I never knew that actor's name, but he was great too. I I love the show. I thought it was good. good. Show. Did you guys watch it? Yeah, I liked it. I oh. thought it was a good show too. I didn't watch it, but I need to because you should. I love ben Don Cheadle's really good. I'll it watch too. anything with Kristen Bell. Oh, she's amazing. Yeah, she's great in it too. All right, what's next? Andy, crazy idea. Zevia should somehow get the Sons of Anarchy logo and put the their logo on top of it and replace the caption with "Cheap Sons of Bitches." <laughs> get it sons of anarchy sons of bitches i like it yeah they absolutely should do that andy all right what's next tyler v602 theory morbius takes place morbius takes place while toby spider-man is in the mcu making venom and morbius in the rammy verse all the evidence in the trailer shows um i i don't know that i would call that evidence um there's a probability I mean, a, a possibility there, yes. By the way, speaking of Morbius, we found out that the final Morbius trailer is coming on Monday, which I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm getting really excited for that movie. Me too. I love the design of Morbius. Yes. I love that design. I think it's great. And it's Jared Leto, and I'm a big fan. And that clip that they released where he's on the ship and then just starts murdering people. Wrecking dudes. Now, that looked really good. Now, look, there's, there are many, many ways this movie can go south. But I, I'm just telling you, everything I've seen has got me really excited for it. And I'm getting ridiculously excited for it. So here's hope. I can't wait to see the new trailer. All right, what's next? Daryl Best Wadley. It's been 10 years since the last solo Batman movie. I'm so excited for the Batman. Really? Oh, yeah, I guess 10, 10 years since wow. The Dark Knight Returns. Listen, Ri when we were rises. talking about Batman Begins, when we were talking about Batman Begins, it's like, oh, yeah, that movie came out, what, 2004? What year did we say it was? It wasn't 2005, was it? 2000, yeah, 2005 was 2005. Batman Begins. 2005. Like, Christian Bale started as Batman. In two, like that, that's Seven, your feel-old moment of the day. 17 years ago. Crazy. All right, what's next? Anish. Acquired info about Reeves and Loeb uh, college connection and Pattinson's improve, Pattinson's improve with their interviews that I've been binging leading up to the movie. Pattinson's improv? I tell you what, Anisha, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I mean, I remember the story about Reeves and, and Loeb college stuff, but like, acquired info about Reeves and Loeb's college connection and Pattinson's improv from their interviews that I've been. Anyway, I'm, I'm, there's meaning in there somewhere. Okay, we need to talk about what he's been uh, right. watching. Oh, okay, before the bat. Next up, Andy. No one's talking about this piece. Uh, this, but Peacemaker kind of did something unprecedented. It puts Superman and Super Cena on the same screen. I have no idea what that means. Superman was with John Cena. But I don't know. Is there a, is there some kind of meaning to the phrase Super Cena? All right, whatever. What's next? Uh, Tyler VX02 idea. Morbius versus Blade would be cool. Well, I mean, look, a lot of people talked about that. I mean, that that has been. I mean, it's an obvious kind of pairing if you're going to do anything like that, right? Like that just. I mean, I, 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 if there is any connection between what Sony is doing and what Marvel is going to be doing, then that's something that at some point you have mm. to have across. Well, in Morbius, I mean, they're obviously they're leading up to supernatural elements in the MCU. They've yeah. already done it with Agatha Harkness. They've already added the Darkhold. Morbius obviously is more of a quote unquote realistic vampire, but 
Blade is full on half daywalker, or he is a daywalker. He's yeah. half vampire. You've got the cursed blade. You've got Moon Knight, Werewolf by Night, whatever. It's going to be really interesting to see how they bring that all in. All right, what's next? Daniel Lyons making it rain once again in the super chat. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh Daniel. my God, he's sending like another hundred dollars. Yeah, Daniel, thank you so much, man, for supporting our channel on that level. It's so appreciated. Damn, Daniel. Being a fan of movies, TV shows, anime, and etc., my favorite movie. I love Coraline. Uh, TV show I chose, MASH. And anime, I love Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yes, that is the better Full Metal Alchemist. Good choice. If you had to recommend a movie, TV show, and anime to watch, what would you recommend? Love you guys. Um, well, I mean, that's obvious. It's uh, Star Wars, Battlestar Galactica, Space Battleship Yamato. I mean, so that's my thing. Cool. By the way, MASH. Did you see the sad news? Uh, about Hot Lips, Houlihan. Yeah, from the movie. Sally Kellerman passed away. Uh, also from Star Trek. From Star Trek. She played Elizabeth Daner in uh, the second pilot where no man has gone before. And you know what she was in that she was really good in? She was in Back to School with Rodney Dangerfield. Oh, my God. And really? She play, yeah, she played the teacher that he developed a crush on. She was really great in that role. She was really, really good. And I have to say, last night when I read the news, I tweeted out a clip of her meeting Rodney Dangerfield and him seeing her for the first time in class. I love Back to School. I love that movie. And just the, the MASH TV show. So good. I remember the... I, I would watch reruns of it and stuff like that. They There were a show that was able to, to switch in and out main cast successfully and keep going. Because you always had... Uh, Alan, um, Alan Alda, and in Alda's Hawkeye. Yep. But then he they swapped out the best friend characters, and both of them worked perfectly great. But I still like for the longest time, the series finale of Mash. Oh man! For many, many, many years, held the all-time record for the most viewed television program in history, and it held that record for a long, long time. And yeah. I still remember as a kid has stuck with me that this the series because we always talk about on the show about how series finales are very difficult to nail even for the best of shows but star trek next generation did it but mashed it as well and i still remember because i didn't know a lot about the show but the way the show ends is the two best friends um the the ones trying to say goodbye and and, and the alan alda said characters no no, no we'll, we'll we'll hook back up we'll we'll see each other again but as he takes off in the helicopter, as he's taken off in the helicopter, he looks back down and his friend had spelt out on the ground, goodbye. Yeah. And and then the music, that iconic MASH music played in the mm -hmm. background with it. And I thought, that might be one of the best ending moments to a television series ever. So yeah, yeah, yeah really good stuff with that. With By the way, our, since he asked the question, it was what? Best movie? What would you recommend as a movie, movie, TV, TV show, show, and anime? Amelie, if he likes Coraline. Amelie is one of my favorite yeah, films of all wonderful. time. One of the few perfect movies out there. For TV show, the 80s wise guy, especially the first season. And my favorite anime of all time, bar none, is something that's hard to see, but Legend of the Galactic Heroes. I From Sentai Filmworks, I spent 800 bucks on the Blu-ray set, the big Blu-ray set. It is barn the greatest space opera ever. Now, don't get the remake. You've got to get the original OVA series, and it runs 110 episodes. There's a prequel series, too. But watch those 110 episodes. It's the greatest space opera ever. Is it available for streaming anywhere? 
Yeah, it is. You used to be able to get it on on the on uh, YouTube, and they had great fan subs. Because I'm not about to drop eight hundred dollars to get the disc. <laughs> no, no, no. Well, I can, you know, I don't think you do have are. a PlayStation Five. But I, I mean, can load most, them to you. I mean, for most people watching right now, no, it, I think you know they were on various. It's it, it just look. First of all, it's kind of like World War Two meets Lord of the Rings in space, mm. and it, it's about the conflict between these two warring galactic empires the uh the the it's just it's and and yang wen lee and reinhard von lohengrab and it's so it's so good all right so good what's next all right sam fisher has Anne read marvel's strange academy it's basically harry potter with dr strange running a magic school with wanda wong and dr voodoo as teachers no she's she's actually way ahead of me on reading a lot of the comic stuff but i don't believe that is one she's read and i've never heard of it to be honest with you dr strange running a magic school doesn't sound particularly appealing to me but maybe it's great have you have you are you i've not read this that one? All right. Thanks for the recommendation, Sam. What's next? Casey Mack. It's a shame where a lot of people are talking about the bad guys. I thought the second trailer looked re uh, great. Really liked the animation. Any chance it could be a surprise hit? It could be. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I haven't watched the new trailers. They showed us some preview stuff at CinemaCon. Like, how many months ago was that now? I can't even remember. But they showed us a bunch of preview previews for it last year at CinemaCon. And I just remember thinking it didn't look very good to me, like, at all. I had no interest. But... To be fair, I should check out the new trailers and see it. But yeah, I'm not hearing a lot of people talking about I it. I watched it the other day. I was totally not on my radar, and I was doing my own show, and somebody who said they worked on the film at DreamWorks Animation said, mm -hmm. what did you think of it? And I looked at the trailer. I I, I liked fun. it. It looks fun. All right, what's next? John Redcorn, how much does Uncharted need to be profitable? I mean, it's look, there's no specific thing. The general rule of thumb is... Take the cost of the movie plus the cost of marketing. I believe they spend in the neighborhood of $40 million on the marketing of Uncharted. And that's your total cost. So that would be $160 million. Then you take, basically multiply that by 1.5. So whatever 160 multiplied by 1.5, so that would be what, 240? I think so. I th so roughly speaking, the movie roughly needs to come in around 240 to $280 million. If they can get close to the $300 million mark, I think they're safely in the we've broken even kind of territory. So that's my guess. But I mean, there's a lot of variables to that that we don't know, but that's just a general guess. Somewhere, if they can start getting closer to the $300 million mark, they should be okay. All right, what's next? Hero 75, again, one of two. Maybe unpopular view, but in my view, DS9 was the best Star Trek show with Garrick Nog, Cisco in the cast, and has the best episode I have ever seen in Star Trek in the pale moonlight where the federation tricks the romulans joins the dominion war which was an amazing storyline rob i can live with it that's what cisco says and it was long <laughs> now in the pale moonlight is it oh that is a great episode deep space Nine. like we talked about yesterday too i love deep space Nine. i think the sixth season of deep space Nine is the strongest overall season of any modern star trek but especially when they introduced Worf in the fourth season, when they had In the Way of the Warrior, the two-parter, actually it was a big movie, but then they split it into two episodes. They do, a, the, one of the great things about Deep Space Nine is, you know, it really is about how do, how do people from a utopian civilization uphold their utopian ideals in the face of a galactic conflict? And it, it's not easy. And the great thing about Deep Space Nine is not only was the principal cast great, but all of the secondary cast was amazing. And it really holds up. And if you go, if you, once you get, they tried to figure out the first, second, third season, they had to figure out what is the show really about. And then when they 
really joined the Dominion conflict in earnest. It's an incredible show. Now, the name of the episode was in the pale moonlight was the episode before it called have you ever danced with the devil <laughs> no that uh they missed missed opportunity but it that actually could have been a great two-parter <laughs> but in the pale moonlight is what's so devastating about that episode is it shows the whole idea of the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one benjamin cisco compromises who he is as a human being as a as a, as a man from earth he has to compromise himself and the ideals of the Federation for the greater good. If he does not commit essentially a sin, the the war could be lost. And it asks an amazing moral and ethical question that we haven't seen much in Star Trek. All right, what's next? Comic Nizer. Also, I work at a Walmart in Alabama and I put on your show during my lunch break and now you have a whole shift that watches your show every day at lunch. Oh, well, I, listen, I always get a big kick when I hear from people who, who are who have become uh, evangelists of, of our own show and spread the good word of the show. So thank you so much for that, Comic Nizer. Really appreciate it. And everybody who watches it with you. Thank you so much for being here. Okay, what's next? Daryl Best Wadley. I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark for the first time last year at home during the pandemic. I can't wait for next week's movie club. Oh, uh, listen, I always get a little bit of jealous when I hear from people who've watched these big classic movies for the first time. Ray Ora is about to watch Raiders of the Lost Ark as well for the first time, and I am confident he's going to be on that train with you, man. Again, my, fa my favorite of the Indiana Jones movies, though, is still um, Last Crusade. Last Crusade. That's still my favorite one. And that, I mean, man, so that good. last shot too with the four of them on the horses riding off into the sunset. Do you have to watch the Raiders of the Lost Ark to get the Last Crusade? I think yes. so. Yeah. Oh. Trust me. Yeah, you really You're going to enjoy yourself and you're not going to fall asleep. I promise you, Ray. I promise you. are going to love you. it. All right, what's next? City of Swift. With The Godfather releasing in theaters today, it gets me thinking about what they'll show heat in, uh, when they'll show heat in theaters again. To hear that final shootout in a theater, I was there in L.A. when they shot it, when I was a wee lad. I don't think there ever will be. Now, there have been the odd independent theater or, you know, the odd screening of Heat here and there, absolutely. But there's never been, like, I don't think they'll ever do, like, a, a mounted nationwide re-release of Heat. It While right. it is amazing, it doesn't carry that same uh, prestige to say The Godfather does. But one never knows, but you'll, you'll always find, if you live in even a remotely populated area, every once in a while there'll be a special screening of Heat. But I, again, I don't think you see a national campaign. What do, do you think? No, I don't. Uh, you know, there is a 4K restoration being done of it. I don't, it hasn't come out yet, but I mean, I could see one night only or a Fandango, or not Fandango, a Fathom event showing it. But man, is that gun battle on the streets of LA and so Heat good. one of the great things ever put on film. All right, what's next? Stubble McShave. I heard Dinklage was a, was will star in a remake of The Fugitive. Instead of a doctor, he's going to be a clairvoyant psychic. I did what? That it no, because it's a a dwarf joke. That is not. Wait a second. I heard Dinklage was in the remake of The Fugitive. Instead of a doctor, he's going to be a clairvoyant psychic. It's about a small medium at large. Ah. Uh, that's not cool. Oh, stubble. That's stubble. All right, next up. <laughs> Sam Fisher, what is everyone's favorite direct Shakespeare adaptation? I mean, one that uses the original dialogue. So think Hamlet, not Lion King. Sorry, I'm having a hard time finding where. Okay, so what is everyone's favorite direct Shakespeare adaptation? I mean, one that uses the original dialogue. Um, 
probably. I mean, the newest Macbeth was great. Very good. But there is something so creative about the way they did it with with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, Claire Danes's Romeo and Juliet. It, it, I mean, just the way they used the original language and made it fit in with a modern context. Yeah. That was really something. So I'm going to go with that one. What about you? I got to go with Ian McKellen's Richard III. Mm. Man, do I love that movie. It's funny because I watched it recently and I'm like, it's, uh, and again, it's one of these adaptations where it's, it's kind of set in a, not a modern, but a alternate world kind of a, th it's really good. What about you, Chris? The new Macbeth, definitely. Or I really like Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing, which also has Denzel. Oh, that one's so good. It's so good. One of the reasons why I love so Kenneth Branagh so much. His first, his adaptation of uh, Henry V. Oh, yeah. I me love too, that. Me too, me too. We few, we happy few, we band of brothers, man. Ooh, that was good. All right, what's next? Rumor Bulldog. Rewatching WandaVision and Doctor Strange to get ready for Multiverse of Madness. Also excited for the Batman next week. I mean, look, there is, we were talking before the show started today. We've got a lot of great stuff coming. Yeah, we do. I mean, just th and we're not even talking like in the long, long term. I mean, we've got Obi-Wan coming. We've got Moon Knight coming. We got the Batman opening this week. We got Doctor Strange ain't so far away. Thor Love and Thunder ain't that far away anymore. How Picard season two. How dare you? What's that? Picard, Picard season two. two. I mean, you you say that like that. I loved Picard season. I see, I'm sharpening yeah. my much. knives. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking very forward. Much. Like, hey. See, that's the problem. That you go into it expecting that. No, that's it could be thing. good. They're going to bring back the Stargazer. You're literally saying that as you're rubbing your hands together <laughs> like this. You're already planning how you're going to complain about. <laughs> no, no. Hey, look. Maybe it'll surprise me, and I'll love it. Yeah. Uh, Terry Metalis. Terry Metalis. He, he worked under Brian Braga. He did the Twelve Monkeys series, which I thought was good. You know, he's basically the showrunner on this season of Picard. Hope Springs Eternal. It's like that you're trying to say that while you're still doing this. Hope Springs. Your hands. <laughs> okay. True, but there's a lot. So. Seriously, there's a lot of great stuff coming. And Halo. Here, and Halo's coming. See, I, I, mm -hmm. because you know what? Your enthusiasm has gotten me excited about it. And I wasn't excited about it before. I got I two now. seats right here on this Warthog for you. And Rob. <laughs> I know Chris is already in. Right, Chris? Yeah. All right, what's next? <laughs> Reamer Bulldog, rewatching WandaVision. Oh, we just did that oh, one. Oops. Um, we did. William? Oh. William M. Butlicker, a very prestigious <laughs> name. Uh, I watched Batman Forever for the time. Now I can't stop listening to Seal's Kiss from a Rose. Let's bring that song back for the Batman. I'm telling you what, no, in, in okay. all seriousness, there are some songs that have forever, like, imprinted for me in my memory their association with a particular movie like brian adams everything i do do for you robin hood prince of thieves right just just right there um never close your eyes and it's top gun um but seals a uh, kiss from a rose is so and whenever i hear that whenever i see seal i see images of that batman film in my head like it is so connected. Do you guys have any songs for you that are like absolutely inseparably connected to a movie for you? Oh. Breakfast, Breakfast Club, that final oh, song. Don't, don't forget you. And also the Armageddon song. Oh, By Leaving yeah. on Jet Plane? Oh, no, no, no. Which one was it? I don't want to close oh, the, my I eyes. I don't want to close my eyes. Okay, yeah, the, the uh, old time rock and roll from Risky Business. Risky Business, that's a good one too. John, I wanted to point out. I'm you, somebody mentioned Eye of the Tiger from Rocky. All right. I wanted to point out, you don't get that reference, William M. Butlicker. No. From the office, when they did that uh, pretend phone call, Jim, 
and Dwight, and then Michael's like, I like your I don't remember oh, the episode. Okay, okay, never mind. I probably remember the episode. I don't remember yeah. that moment, though. Okay. They'll have to visit we'll it. We'll get to On it. On The Office Virgin. Virgin. new podcast. The Office Virgin. By the way, we recorded our first, it's not up yet, but we recorded our first episode of The Office Virgin. Uh, uh, talking about the pilot episode yesterday. So that'll be on. We'll let you guys know when we're going to put that up and online for you. All right, what's next? Uh, Revan finally got around to watching Paddington. What an adorable movie and much needed in times like these. Look, every, you can laugh all you fucking want. <clears throat> if Paddington 3, and this is a huge if, but if Paddington 3 is on the same level as Paddington 1 or 2, it is in the conversation for the top five trilogies of all time. And you can laugh as ridiculous as that sounds. The first two Paddington movies, dare I say, are masterpieces in, 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 in joyous filmmaking. I remember when Schnepp and I, we went to go see, I, I don't know how I conned him into coming with me because <laughs> I had to go to the press screening of the first Paddington movie. And we were not impressed by the trailers or anything. And I still remember when we walked out of that movie, we were like, how? How was that movie... <laughs> that really didn't look all that good at all, end up being so good. And then Paddington 2 comes out, and it was even better than the first one. Like, they they just found ways to craft these movies that you walk out, your soul feels enlightened. You you're, there's a, you look at the world differently. It's a happy place. They, I, and you can laugh all you want. That's how good these Paddington movies are. And if they can make the third one as good as the other two, I mean, it's something super special. So that's, I'm glad you guys see it. That's the last Blu-ray I actually purchased. The Was first, Paddington? The Paddington? first Paddington. Aww. Really? I, and because and it, it came with a little Paddington doll too. And I had that thing in my backpack for the longest when we, I would walk to the studio, to the studio we were at when, when we were at Collider. It was hanging off my backpack, but that was it. I still remember when we walked out of Paddington 2, Ann and I saw it at the AMC Burbank 16. I remember when we walked out of Paddington 2, like we walked out and Anne just started crying, like but happy crying. She started like happy crying. They make it so good. I was like, yes, yes, it is. Anyway, all right, what's next? Uh, Sam Fisher, have you seen the YouTube channel Pop Cross Studios? He does really cool nerdy art, like drawing X Men as dragons or Disney characters as the Suicide Squad. Uh, I have not, but I I would want to take this opportunity if you're going to talk about really great artists online. You guys have to check out, if you like really good art, check out the box office artist. Oh, uh, oh yeah. Uh, he, Jane, his name's James. He is so good that Disney actually commissioned him to do a bunch of shit. Oh, good for him. He is so ridiculously talented. And I remember when I first took notice of James, like he had like 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Yeah, he's like well over a million subscribers now. And wow. He well, does a lot of these time-lapse ones and these yeah. challenges. And Did you see the one he did with every Dwayne The Rock Johnson character? No, but I always watch his live ones. He, I, I'll catch him on live every now and then, and I'll just It's so it. fun to watch. It's just soothing. Yeah, he's great. And you, you'll see him pop up every once in a while in the live chat, too. He'll, he'll pop up in there. But seriously, you should go check him out. What's that? Commercial. Oh, yeah. I almost <laughs> thank you. almost forgot. Hey, guys. We got to take another quick break here because we have to thank one of the other great sponsors of today's show, the great folks over at Liquid IV. We want to take a minute and thank the sponsors of this video, Liquid IV. Now listen, just one stick 
of liquid IV added to 16 ounces of water will hydrate you faster and more efficiently than just water alone. It contains five essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course vitamin C with three times the electrolytes as traditional sports drinks. And what makes liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular transport technology or CTT. You see, it's designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into your bloodstream faster and more efficiently. It tastes great and it's a great thing to take when you feel run down, you need your daily hydration boost, or even a little bit of hangover recovery. You know, Ann and I get up pretty early in the morning to go to the gym because we can't go to the gym at any other time during the day. And for the last couple of weeks, I have been drinking one full glass of water with liquid IV. And all I can tell you is you can feel the difference during the workout. So go and grab liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco, or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Campia at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code Campia, that's C-A-M-P-E-A, at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today when you go to liquidiv.com. And remember, use the promo code at checkout, Campia. And a special thank you again to the great folks at Liquid IV for being one of the reasons we can have today's episode of the John Campia Show. All right, let's keep on rolling with your live stuff here, shall we? What is next? All right. Well, first of all, Chance, thank you so much for all this support. Oh, my God. Oh my Chance gosh. sends in a $200 super chat That's just amazing. to be supportive. Wow. Thank Doesn't you. even send in a comment or question. Just, just, just send it in awesome. to be supportive. Wow. Dude, Chance, thank you so much, man. For We appreciate it. Thank you for supporting. Okay, that's the amazing support, man. That's a, yeah, that's that's a huge amazing. vote of confidence. Thank you, thank you so you, much, sir. dude. That's amazing. And on, not just on behalf of myself, but on behalf of everybody who even watches the show. Thank you for being uh, such a big supporter of the show. We appreciate that so much, dude. All right. What's next? Rafael Castillo, Sock uh, Cyrano, and wow, do I love it. Dinklage, who I've admired since The Station Agent, mm. such a good movie, so good. has such an expressive face. Haley Bennett is angelically beautiful, and Kelvin Harrison Jr. was wonderful as Christian. I got around to watching uh, Cyrano. You guys know Cyrano was in my top three most anticipated movies of the year. It's uh, The Batman. Uh, it's The Northman. And it was Cyrano. I really enjoyed Cyrano. I, I, Peter Dinklage is fantastic in it. Like, absolutely fantastic. The movie wasn't quite as good as I was hoping it would be. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, I it's, don't get me wrong. It's very good. It's very good. But it wasn't quite the one. They make a very interesting creative decision near the end of the film. There's, there's several musical numbers. And I know you've seen it too. Yeah. There's a musical number in it where they go, you know, heaven is wherever I fall. So, but it was like completely out of place with the rest of the movie. Mm. It's like this whole movie is about Cyrano and Roxanne and Christian. And then all of a sudden they they take this seven minute segment of the movie where it's all about these, these other men going to war and the, the tragedy of them dying. It's like, but this isn't connected to anything else we've been doing. And I, I just couldn't connect with that scene or whatever. And it just felt like a waste of time. Exactly. When watching it too, that was one of my husband's favorite songs. But it was like, but this isn't it part is a of great this song. story, though. Yeah. This seems so so disconnected from the rest of this story. And a lot of the music too. I just was wondering why everything was so slow. Some of the numbers at the beginning of the film, I was like, can we just like double time this? Yeah. Can we really really have some fun with this, especially if we're singing while we're doing sword fighting training and get some really cool choreography in here? Yeah. It just 
It was just missing a little a little something special in there. But, but Dinklage is incredible. Dinklage in this movie? I'm sorry, there's there's a couple of scenes where like Roxanne just thinks they're really, really great longtime childhood friends. And the way Dinklage plays the scene with his face about trying to hide the fact that he's desperately in love with her, the hurt that he's feeling that she's expressing affection for another while trying to put on a facade that he's super excited for her and wants to support her. Like, and you're watching Dinklage doing this and you're like, yeah, this is what a four time Emmy award winner or however many yeah. Emmys he's won. I'm telling you, he's fantastic. In it. You're right. The dude who played Christian was wonderful. The girl who played Roxanne is Harry wonderful. Ben is so good. Although all men around the world watch this movie and go, perfect example about how women don't get it. But that's kind of what probably a lot of things like, it's like the most toxic friend zone ever. Poor Cyrano. But still, like, I think it's definitely a movie worth watching. Again, not as good as I was hoping it would be, but Dinklage, unbelievable. It's, it. it's a masterclass in showing, not telling. Yeah. He, mm -hmm. he just is, he's so expressive. He yeah. does such <clears throat> wonderful work. Such a good job with it. All right, what's next? All right, from KH, who sends in a $200 super chat. Ooh. What is, y'all are wildin' today. What is happening? I, I. Happy birthday to happy, happy, happy Friday happy. to, to all, no, uh, KH, I don't know what you just wrote, but thank you as well so much for sending that in and supporting our channel on that level, guys. Thank you so much for supporting the content you watch. What, what does KH have to say? <laughs> So I'm dying says, to know. <laughs> just need to show my appreciation. Saw a patient watching your show yesterday, and we talked forever about the show, Doctor Strange and Batman. Hope everyone has an awesome weekend. Love y'all, and especially Chris. Oh. Hi. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Thanks. So, uh, first of all, wow, you saw a patient. Yeah. Is Cage a doctor? Uh, if they're dropping $200. You a doctor, KH? What's going on? <laughs> Hi. I love you, Logan. <laughs> um, the chat just being like, this bitch wife of mine. <laughs> well, I, I mean, honestly, I don't know. What's, thank you so much, KH, for the kind words. And, and it's, it's awesome that you came in. I don't know if you're a regular viewer and you happen to also see a patient or if the patient turned you on to what we're doing here, but... Good to have you here regardless, and thank you so much for the support, man. We really appreciate it. I just it. like a doctor talking to their patients about Doctor Strange and the Batman. Yeah. I, mean, I want a doctor like that That's in my life. bedside manner. I love that. Uh, you know? That's All awesome. All right. What's Instead next? of talking about my prostate. <laughs> but they need to, Rob. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh. Why, son? Sanchez, Rob, can you try to convince John to add Blood In, Blood Out, Bound by Honor to Movie Club? Oh, oh my I saw the God. Panel well, okay, did. for those of you who don't know, Blood In, Blood Out is like the East Los Angeles Godfather. It was directed by Taylor Hackford, and I was very honored. Last year, we hosted a reunion of the cast of Blood In, Blood Out, including director Taylor Hackford, who was married to Helen Mirren. And if you watch the YouTube show and you watch the whole thing, Helen Mirren even poked her head in and was in it. John you my friend well no we've talked we've talked about blood in blood out I, but i mean it's not going to be a movie club movie because it's hard to get the it's hard to get the movie yeah if, at if all. people wanted to even if people wanted to watch it to participate in movie club they it's gonna be very difficult for them to do that a so. tremendous oversight disney it was a disney well it's touchstone please say it was please touchstone, yeah. please release blood i think it was actually hollywood it might even be hollywood pictures please would you release I, please 
I want blended blood out on 4K, anyway, please. Yeah, but clearly uh, that's not one that no, is it's kind so of good for. But yeah, my car. Right. Yeah, Lunda. What's next? Oh, and they just ended on there too that they saw your panel that you did a few months ago on it, and that it was very awesome. Oh well, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. Addison, if this is the same Batman from 89 in Returns, I wonder if that means his rogues gallery will carry over or is simply his Bruce only carried over? You know, that is a question I actually don't really have a solid answer for nope. right now because nope. I think there's a very, very good chance this isn't the same Batman we saw in the Tim Burton movies. That this is another version because remember, we saw in the mural in Batgirl, Michael Keaton's Batman with a Robin. And Michael Keaton's Batman never had a Robin. He didn't have a Robin until... Uh, uh, until Val. Until so, yeah. Val Kilmer. And it was a very different Robin. It was a uh, Chris... Not Chris. Uh, it, uh, Chris, yeah, O'Donnell. Chris O'Donnell. It was Chris, yeah. yeah. It was Chris O'Donnell. And that wasn't Chris O'Donnell in the mural. So it's, it's very possible this is, you know, Universe 27BX5's version of Batman that also looks like that. But it might be the same Batman. Rob, what do you think? Is it going to be the same Batman that we It's a good question. I mean, and then you get into the continuity. Is the Val Kilmer Batman supposed to be the Michael Keaton Batman, or is it different? I do want to point out, John, that theoretically Hot Toys is releasing the Val Kilmer and Chris O'Donnell Batman and Robin from Batman Forever in April. Oh, very cool. All right, what's next? All right, from... Can you scroll up for me, John? Thank you. Sam Fisher, <laughs> I'd be really interested if Matt Reeves doesn't use Joker in his Batman movies. What does Bats look like without one? Because every Batman has had a Joker. I mean, listen, I've, I've heard other people say that before. But why? No, no, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying a Batman, every Batman movie must have a Joker. I, I'm not suggesting that. But... Like, the Joker is as synonymous with Batman as, I don't know, as the Hatfields are to the McCoys. As, like... That's just, a great reference you just used right yeah. there. Well, thank you Nicely so much. done. One I didn't get at all. <laughs> um, what I mean is, is that, that they are so synonymous with each other that I don't know how you do a prolonged Batman franchise without having the Joker. It's, it's like, it's like having a long Sherlock Holmes things, but never having a Moriarty. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, they are synonymous together. At some point you need to bring that iteration. So I would suggest that if this Batman movie is good and if it is successful and if they turn into the franchise, which we know the answer to all of those is yes, that it doesn't have to be the second film. But at some point, I think you need to come. If you go three, four films, at some point, I think you must have a Joker in there. I, I don't know, Rob, but what do you think? No, I agree with you. I mean, look, you can't. The, the previous Batman films, both, we've got three Jokers. You've got Jack Nicholson, you've got Heath Ledger, and you've got Joaquin Phoenix. And, and they were all very different portrayals, but all indelible in, in their way. And... I, I I don't see how you make a, a Batman franchise and not at some point bring in that character. And by the way, actually, there's also, I'm forgetting Jared Leto's Joker. So it's four. And I think all these actors make it their own. I am really interested to see what does the Joker look like in Matt Reeves' Batman universe. Cesar Romero. I hope not. <laughs> I love Cesar Romero. In, in oh, so do I, yes. The, the, 
Six, six Batman. We've but... got one of the best lines from the animated series, too, with Mark Hamill's Joker. Without Batman, crime has no punchline. Ooh, I love that line. We need, we need Bat and Joker together at some point. All right, what's next? See, whoops, double McShave. Sure, editing... Oh, yeah, that's one. Sure, editing, score, makeup, and design and sound are at the Oscars, but they have been relegated to the kids' table and are not allowed to sit with the adults. <laughs> I, again, I, I, have to, I have to point this out again. I, I am sitting back and just kind of slapping my head a bit about how over, overreactionary everybody's being about this. Like, in all seriousness. Wait until you see the damn show. They are still have their category the nominees will be announced the winner will be announced and we're going to see all if not at least some of the of the acceptance speech they give and it's all going to be on the oscar broadcast the one thing that everybody on this planet who loves to bone moan and bitch and whine and complain and hey everybody in this room has done that too including me but we all love to, to find something. We are we love outrage. We love getting to feel indignant. Here's the only difference. Is that the, the nominees, winner, and acceptance speech from these ones will have happened to happen about an hour earlier than is happening in real time. And it's that one point that everybody is losing their shit over. And I'm just telling people, pull up your drawers, take a deep breath, and let's see how it actually plays out. Because I'll tell you what, the day after the Oscars, I might be the one ranting and raving about if they totally do it wrong. And believe me, I will join the chorus because there's nothing I like doing more than complaining about the Oscars the day after well, the Oscars. But if they do it right, the way I suspect they will, it's going to be barely noticeable. But, right, I, and I understand, I take your point about it. we're talking about a show for the audience. But they have made a judgment as far as which categories they feel they don't have to have, that they can somehow say it, these these categories are not as important as these other no, categories. No, they have not. The judgment they've made is what categories are important to our audience. They're, they are not right, made but, a judgment but, about what, uh, what categories are important. They're <laughs> saying this is what we've judged that are the ones that are important to our audience. But here's the thing. And there is a difference. But here's the thing. The Oscars themselves as an award show it wasn't it wasn't it didn't begin as an award show it is supposed to honor the art of making movies you either do that and then say we'll let you in by making a show here's a show if you guys want to watch but they have made a decision i understand from an entertainment standpoint but the oscars themselves are not about the show they're about honoring the craft of movie making. The show comes next. It comes secondary because it's become a thing. But they, their own constituency, you've got the actual people that are honoring the art of filmmaking, making a judgment by saying these categories are not as important as these categories. Even though they're all part of the show, they're not being now put on the same plateau. You know, one one is being lessened. Not one, but eight categories. And you're talking about a whole tradition, a whole, a whole uh, people that have worked for, I mean, decades on their craft. And it, I, it, it, I think, I, th I understand what your point about the show is, but I still can't help. And 
they're still making a value judgment. I, I, again, I disagree. I, just, I think there's a difference between them making a value judgment and making a judgment of what they think the audience is responding to. And I do find it a little hypocritical of our of, of the whole movie fandom that every fucking day, all I hear all the time is everybody complaining about the Oscar show. Everybody complains about it. The Oscar show should do this. The Oscar show should do that. The Oscar. Then the moment they do something about the show, people are like, oh, it shouldn't matter. About the show itself shouldn't matter, and I I hear that. I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about no, how no, many I know times I've heard this from people. And and again, I think at the end of the day, when we watch this broadcast, I don't think there's going to be an issue. I think I think we're going to see a show that pairs down, but I think we're going to see these categories get nominated, and winners announced, acceptance speeches made, and I think it's going to come across almost seamless. And then it's just going to be about complaining on principle. But I, I honestly think, and, and again, I could be wrong and I could be complaining and, and bitching louder than anybody else the day after the Oscars. But, but I think it's going to work. I think, I think, though, that they're, the real problem here is not the show. It's the actual movies that are getting nominated and the, the place that movies hold in our culture now. And we just don't have movies and the movies that are being nominated for Oscars. The studios are no longer making movies, populist movies that are getting Oscar nominations. And that's the real problem. You're getting films that most people haven't seen that are that are driving the Oscar. Uh, it doesn't been true for a very long time. Well, yeah, but I mean, think about what used to get nominated, say, 30 years ago, as opposed to now. I mean, you, we, even now we've got, well, movies A24 or, or whatever. Pick your and I love A24, but I think that the movies that are being nominated are are not movies that also capture the popular imagination. You know, like that argument you make about favorite and best. Yeah, I think but when you go back to the Oscar nomination list for the past 30 years, they're always populated with films that weren't a part of the popular pop culture zeitgeist that people that a lot of people were familiar with. I mean, but that's there was I mean, usually a mix. case. Anyway, you know, that, a point taken. My point was made. We need to move on here. Okay, what's next? Daniel Lyons sending in another large super chat. Thank you, Daniel. Oh, my goodness. Also, is there a line from a movie or TV show that always hits you in the feels whenever you hear it? For me, it's, we're going to be okay. You can rest now. I remember when I saw this part in Avengers Endgame, I cried so much. That was a sweet moment. I mean, it was a sweet moment. I, I didn't think it was that great, but, but it was a sweet. I mean, like, for instance, if we're going to talk about in that series of films, I honestly thought the Peter Parker, I don't want to go Mr. Stark, was even more powerful. Like, I thought that was, because, I mean, I think the You Can Rest Now would have been something if, that had been something that had been planted throughout the MCU, you know, that 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 Iron Man has been looking for his way out. If that was ever part of it, then that last line would have been great to me, but it was still very good. It was still very good to me, but uh, for me, it's always in Rohan Shall Answer. I mean, that's just, that to me is the one that always gets me. That and also in Lord of the Rings, my friends, you bow to no one. That one almost gets me to tears every single time. Do you got one or two that sticks with you a lot? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. The uh, end of Casablanca. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've loved that since I was a since I was a little kid. Or can I, can I can I guess what you're gonna say? His was the most human. Dude, you got it. And <laughs> all the souls I, I encountered in my travels. You nailed it. You nailed it. Good job, man. Good job. <laughs> Do you have one, Chris? Like a line that like oh, always gets you every time? The when when David Tennant's doctor is saying goodbye to Rose Tyler and he tells her that he's burning up a son just to say goodbye. Oh. And also the Rose Tyler eye and then that cuts off their communication so he doesn't get to tell her that he's in love with her. I sob every time. <laughs> All right, what's next? 
on. Next, we have Purple Queen. Happy Friday, John and crew. Wanted to know, what are your guys' favorite comfort shows? Parks and Rec. I mean, it's like, seriously, if I'm like, I've just got a little time to kill and I'm just whatever I, I can pop on also the office, but honestly, Parks and Rec, I can put on, I can play roulette with that any day. Just mm -hmm. close my eyes, scroll through the episode list, then randomly hit play and just start watching it. It's for me, it's Parks and Rec. Do you have one? New girl. Oh, it's, you know what? That show was great, except for the one season when they had Nick and Jess break up yep oh i completely agree i feel like they completely changed I mean, they might have changed writers because like the whole feel of the show was different it's that one very season. disjointed but yeah it's did weird. you see that they've got a podcast now they do welcome to our podcast yes i'm I've really excited start to listening tune into to that. it yeah i love that do you have a comfort show that you go back yeah to? and i'm sure people are gonna be shocked when <gasps> i say this picard star trek the original series yeah <laughs> Picard, how do you? Why do you do this to me? Why do you got, why do you got the slings and arrows that people throw at me? My God! All right, what's next? Uh, Sam Fisher watching Frasier reruns on Hallmark because Insomnia, <laughs> and I saw their next movie is set in a trattoria. At least they hired Italian actors, unlike Luca. LOL. I mean, but I keep forgetting they. I haven't heard anything about it in a long time, but they had announced a while ago that they are doing a revival. It's not a reboot. It's a revival of Frasier. Yeah. And count me in. Mm -hmm. I love Frasier. I, I thought that show was great. Right. I mean, obviously, you know, the dad's not there anymore and uh, the dog is obviously not there anymore. But mm -hmm. yes, damn it, I love that show. And really, David Hyde Pierce, who played Frasier's brother, Niles, other than doing the voice of Abe in <laughs> um, uh, Hellboy, I, I I really don't know that he's done anything else. Oh, he's done a lot of theater. I got to see Has him he? in Spam a lot, and he was amazing. Oh, that sounds cool. It was so fun. All right. What's next? Uh, Pablo Zanica. Chris, hi. As a voice actor, what are your thoughts on Kermit's newer voice? I honestly hate it. Ooh, okay. So... I thought Steve Whitmire was doing such an excellent job. He also voices and created my favorite Muppet character ever, ever Rizzo the Rat. I feel like Rizzo the Rat is me. Um, I connect very, very spiritually to that, that little Muppet. Um, but there was a whole fallout with Steve. So now we have somebody else voicing him. Anytime somebody else starts doing the Kermit voice, it's weird. Because you, it sounds like it, but there's their own kind of little like take on the voice. So it takes some getting used to. Like if you listen to the original stuff from Jim Henson and you grew up in the 90s, it sounds a little hinky. So give yourself some time. Give him some grace. Let's see what he can do. Do you do Kermit? I can't do Kermit. Logan does a great Kermit. He's Did you guys Kermit. ever see, I think it was Family Guy, the Family Guy episodes where Peter, they do a cutaway, and as Peter says something along the lines of, as if like when they got the different voice cast to do the puppets. Yeah. And they had like some deep, like green kind of voice for uh, for Fozzie. Waka waka. And, he, and some, they had a current voice going, hello, everybody. Yay. And like, <laughs> oh my God, that made me laugh so hard. Okay, anyway, what's next? All right, from Sam Fisher. Nope. Uh, oh, whoops, Tyler. Tyler, V602. Happy birthday, John, the big five. Thank you, yeah, tomorrow's the birthday. Heading out of town with Ann, gonna have a good time. All right, what's next? Now, Sam Fisher, just watched a documentary or special on Ardman Animation called A Grand Night In. It was an hour long on YouTube. It was fantastic. Anyone for cheese? I'm not familiar with it. Are any of you guys familiar with it? I haven't this one? seen I love Ardman Animation. I mean, I love They've done some great Wallace stuff. and Gromit, Creature Comforts. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
The wrong trousers is one of the, come it's on. So cute. I got to so look this good. up. I'm going to have to look this one up. All right, what's next? It is going to be another Sam Fisher, one of two. I highly recommend the channel uh, Cinema Therapy. It's two friends, one a filmmaker and the other a therapist, and they watch him break down movies. They said they just did an episode on the psychology on Nolan's Batman. Really interesting. That mm. sounds right. really cool. Thanks for, the, that. thanks for the recommendation. All right, yeah. what's next? Phil L, one of two. Thanks for all you do and the crew. Uh, all, and the, all crew the crew do. do. Been a rough couple of weeks and always look forward to the show daily, especially when things go bonkers during the show. It never happens. This is a tightly run ship. Well-oiled machine. <laughs> Nothing ever goes even slightly off rails. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Listen, Phil, thank you so much for being here. And, and yeah, again, uh, everybody hits those stretches, man. And when you do, it's always great that movies and the movie fan community can be there for it as well. So we're glad that you're here and able to be a part of it, man. All right. What's That's next? True. I can't fil find Phil's, No, 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 no. He, he made it clear in the chat that oh. he never got a chance to send in the second part, so don't look for it. Oh, okay. okay, great. Thanks, Thank Phil. Thank you. All right. Clever name. Have you seen any of Apple TV's severance? Yes. The wife and I are hooked. Serious Black Mirror vibes. Watched the first episode last night. What'd you think? That was very interesting. I, at least, like, a little predictable, like, because as soon as you hear that Kenny? No. Penny? No. What's the guy's name? Petey. As soon as I heard that Petey's not here anymore, I thought, well, he's clearly going to find him outside of the office. But other than that, mm -hmm. the whole notion of it was pretty, and the ending of the first episode is kind of like, oh, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. So uh, how many episodes are out now? Do you know? There's three out now, so I get to watch the third one today. I'm very excited. Okay, so I'm only on episode one. I got to tell you, though, because you guys were talking about it the other mm -hmm. day. I, I quite liked it. Anna and I both quite liked it. Have you seen it yet? I walked in last night and Elizabeth's watching it. I'm like, yo, <laughs> what, yo. That's TV and cheating. I was TV cheating. Oh, yeah. I never, That's a good That advice. was TV cheating. I made her turn it off. I'm like, this is unfair. We're watching this this weekend. This is some sci-fi horror dystopian stuff. You can't, you can't, you can't deny this for me. I'll tell you what, though, it is difficult for me to see Adam Scott as in anything else other than his role in Parks and Rec. Uh, I still always just see him. I as love him that as Ben Wyatt. Oh, as Ben. TV cheating. Right. I'm using that. <laughs> TV cheating. All right, what's next? All right, facility guy. The Batman could have easily been R. Reeves did an excellent job of keeping it PG thirteen. Well, we'll see. I mean, we got to see the film, which we ha we haven't obviously seen it yet. But yeah, I have a feeling I'm gonna walk out going, yeah, that could have been R. That could have yeah. been. I don't know. We'll find out though. All right, what's next? Spencer Nielsen. Fun historical fact: because Adolf Hitler, oh, that worries me, had an interest in the arts, there was found an unpublished manuscript of his second book, Minecraft. Uh, oh boy no no no, no. Yeah. all right what's next kevin joyce new matt reeves collider interview got me hyped I haven't seen that one yet all right what's next and then we've got a bunch of support here mr cool breeze 69 noah ag nickelian all right thank dude and that will thank you guys for sending in those in just to be supportive and guys that'll do it for this week's installment of the john campia show again guys I hope you guys have a fabulous weekend ahead of yourselves. I know I'm going to have some fun. I hope you guys do too. And I hope you have a good one. I want to thank the people who are here joining me. First of all, sitting over here, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett. Robert, where can people find you online? Well, first of all, John, I want to wish you a very happy birthday. Well, thank you. It is great to be working with you. We're having such a great time. So thank you very much. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Burnett RM. Find me on Instagram at Robert Meyer Burnett or find me on my own YouTube channel, The Burnett Network. Sitting right beside him, Ray Ora. Where yeah. can people find you? 
Uh, Ray Ora with a zero. Happy birthday, John. Well, thank you, sir. And right beside him, of course, is Chris Carr. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me at, at actor Chris Carr on both Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me at a Hyundai dealership today. And happy <laughs> birthday, John. Well, thank you. And guys, may you all have a wonderful weekend ahead. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those comments and questions. Number one, because you gave us something great and fun to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did. And all of us involved with the John Campy Show, Thank you guys very much for your support. But also, programming note, this isn't the last video we're putting up today. Rob and I are going to be doing a mailbag uh, episode that will go up a little bit later today. Oh, so keep yeah. your guys' eyes open for that if you've been sending in questions the last few days. All right, guys, that'll do it for us. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye. <laughs>